Ho, ho, ho. This special holiday month of streaming things is brought to you by the super patrons, and they are Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Chester Copperpot, Chloe Richardson, Crystal Trujillo, Emmy, Enza, Jeanette Murphy, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton Valentino, Thomas Alexander, and Valerie. Harry Potter, such an honor. Welcome back! My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, continuing our coverage of the Harry Potter films on number four, The Goblet of Fire. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter? <laughs> we're coming in hot. We're coming in hot, just like a Michael Gambon Dumbledore. That's how hot we are coming in. I have a show. lot to say about that. <laughs> let's right off the top. Let's get two uh, giant elephants. Let's point them out in the room here. There's Andy, that one. Oh, Andy. Yeah. That How one. are you feeling today, buddy? Wait, you're not here again. Uh, Andy is still not here. Our uh, ironically, our resident Harry Potter expert is absent yet again. Uh, this time for uh, a bout of COVID, he could not control that he contracted on his journeys. The reason he was absent last time has caused him to be absent this time. It's a, a a series of unfortunate events. Right? It really is. Well, the is. first one was probably fun. I'm sure he had a good vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> first first week he was gone, it was fun. Yeah. This week, not so fun. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, no. So we wanted to uh, point that out right at the top. We miss Andy. I've been texting him all day with my thoughts on the fourth film because it's been a long time since I watched it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and in fact, something quite funny happened to me, even though I've read the book like seven times. Uh, when I was watching this film, we'll talk about that when we get there later. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, right off the top, as always, just want to point out, uh, we will not be talking about she who must not be named. Mm. Uh, we are fully in support of uh, trans folk and, and really any folk that want to live their wi- lives any any way they want to. Yeah. And so, uh, live your life. We just think the Harry Potter films mean a lot to a lot of people. We talked to our fans in advance of deciding to do this. They were all in support of it. And so... That's what we do. We support the the story itself, the creativity, and any any joy that it has brought to the lives of the many, and uh, not any political ideologies of its creators. Mm-hmm. So, no matter what a creator makes, as soon as they release it to the world, it ceases to be that. Mm-hmm. It becomes something else entirely. Everybody in the world says, "Accio property," right? Yeah. Just to, to circle it back around to Harry Potter stuff. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who would love to Accio this property from Warner Brothers. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, we also got a couple of emails. I wanted to read as many as I could, just a couple um, uh, about Goblet of Fire and other things in advance. This one comes in from Colin uh, and he says, hi guys, greetings again from hi, Colin. Bonnie, Scotland. Bonnie, Scotland. And I was trying so hard to read this email in a Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> he was. All I could do is say, Lottie. Over and over, trying to like work up, you know, get my tongue used to it. Lottie, Lottie, Lottie. And I can't do it. No. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. All up for nothing. I do the Lottie. And then it just goes into a Liverpool, England one. Luckily, luckily for you, though, Chris, if you read the email, that's all they write. <laughs> that's right. Just Lottie, Lottie a bunch Lottie. of times. I don't know if you copy and pasted. Just want to say thank you for the amazing coverage of Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, Prey, Lord of the Rings, and everything in between. Prey. I know, yeah. just throwing out a Prey plug. I like yeah, it. That's a good episode. By the way, if you haven't listened to our Predator movie uh, coverage, uh, really, I'm personally proud of that one. 
<laughs> yeah, the predator prey back to back. Like the rescue was, was grenades. Good, I'm, yeah. I still chuckle about rescue that. Rescue grenades. <laughs> You've been pushing too many pencils. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I have been waiting with bated breath for the Harry Potter episodes and so far I've loved them all. Personally, I was never a massive Harry Potter fan as I had already discovered other fantasy and science fiction before this. I like the idea that he thinks if you'd read anything else, this would not be so good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But my wife is a massive Harry Potter fan and has Harry Potter pajamas on most nights. I had my Harry Potter pajamas on last night. He did. Uh, your weird commando version of them, though. I mm. found that offensive. Steve. Well, it's like the invisibility cloak, but, <laughs> yeah, <it's>, but <laughs> invisibility, invisibility bottoms. Just a note of interest for your forthcoming Goblet of Fire coverage. Thought I'd get it in now so you had a chance to include it. And any final thoughts? Uh, I work for the McCullen. I, I believe that's pronounced McCullen. Uh, I'm sorry, Lottie, a distillery in sp- space side. <laughs> what was that? What, Scotland. What did you just say? Space. <laughs> and I frequently collaborated with luxury brands, brands, as well as many interesting people from the variety of fields. Most recently, we collaborated with a number of people to produce a short film called the spirit of 1926, celebrating one of our owners during his time. And it was directed by Mike Newell under the director, uh, also the director of Harry Potter Four. I was responsible for hosting Mike, his producers, and creative team on their many trips to the distillery to begin crafting and building ideas for their stories and get a chance to spend a lot of time with him and see his creative process firsthand. He spoke of the adventure of making the movie, the onset antics, his broken rib courtesy of his wrestling match with one of the twins, and what he would have done for the next movies had he been selected to direct. When I told my wife of this, she came up with a list of questions for Mike, which I was able to ask (laughs) and discuss with him on other visits. He's a great guy, and although I think, based on my wife's book knowledge, he made a few questions directional decisions on set overall he's a cool guy and the type of guy you could listen to for hours and never get bored just thought i'd throw this your way for the goblet of fire coverage that's good yeah i wanted to read that because that's a neat story but also i think there is a lot of heavy criticism specifically for mike newell uh i think in this book in particular there's some um some drastic departures uh from the book and a a lot of people point that out and so i think it was just his way of saying hey he's a good guy (laughs) (laughs) don't hate him he's a good he's a person yeah there's a person behind that (laughs) <laughs> also, uh, where's this email at? I had a blast w- mentioning the, oh, this comes in from Sam, Sam T. Um, but also we had a blast in the discord, uh, about the Gordon Bennett stuff because I, oh, yes. I was fascinated yes. by the kind of Gordon Bennett idioms and expletives used in England. And so I Googled a bunch, uh, like really cocked it up, uh, <laughs> and we were having, uh, some really fun wordplay because there's a lot of English people in the discord or at least a few. And then all the Americans just trying to play with it. Um, because I was fascinated by the, the origins of Gordon Bennett. Uh, but he says to the best of my knowledge, Gordon Bennett is a polite non blasphemous way of saying, God damn it. Like doggone it in the Southern States of America. Daggummit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually devolved to daggummit. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, other examples, flipping act is fucking L. Uh, bloody Nora is bloody hell. I've heard bloody Nora. And I think Ron has said that a couple of times in these movies. Oh, really? I feel like bloody feel, Nora. Bloody Nora. Ari. <laughs> Ari. And then Jeremy Unt is cunt. <laughs> Conversation usage example. And I love this. Flipping it, Nigel. Where'd you get in boots? I got them from dodgy Kev down the old dog and crown for a fiver. Gordon Bennett. That's cheap. I'll have to give Kev a call. I wouldn't, mate. He's been in the pub all day. He'll be pissed by now. You can be a right jammy aunt when he's out of you. <laughs> Bloody Nora, it's only 2 p.m. 
Cheers, guys. Love the show. Sam Wise. That was so, beautiful. Wasn't that good? That was good, yeah. That's a fun convo. <laughs> that was amazing. I have the feeling that when I finally journey to to Bonnie London, is that what you say? Bonnie? Mm, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to understand a fucking thing that's going on, and I'm just going to be smiling. <laughs> but yeah, we just watched, or I just finished watching Goblet of Fire again. I've probably seen it three or four times. I've read the book six, seven, eight times. I don't know, however many times I read it, but quite a few, but it's been a while, uh, probably, I don't know, seven, eight years or so that I've not actually watched Goblet of Fire. Um, what did, what, what's your history with the movie? And you only seen each of them one time. Uh, yeah. I've literally only seen each of these. You watched it a couple once. days ago, right? What'd you think of it? Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. I don't know. There's something about having a tournament and it, it really kind of lended itself. At least I felt it lended itself to the, the the world and the magic of Harry Potter. There's a lot of really fun stuff going on. There's like a, here's these other schools and this is how they work. And, you know, we get to see the Quidditch World Cup. But the, the thing I really, really liked about it most is this is when things start turning really in the world because, you know, you know, Voldemort comes back and there's, Spoiler. there's like all these things happening. Like, and, and there's really, really amazing thespian actors, like being great thespian actors the whole time. There's a lot of very great individual scenes uh, of people just acting. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like there's this weird, like, Oh, all the kids are of the age where now they are starting to be interested in the opposite sex now, or they're, they're, or they're looking at other members of their, of the school as potential romantic interests. Mm -hmm. And so you get that puberty. Yeah. The puberty has struck Ron's hair has doubled in size I, since the last movie. Cause he's hitting that puberty. And Harry's too. He's got this like uh, oh, he's got like a mop going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how much of the, the entire movie is centered on, the puberty though. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it is a huge chunk. Very um, much so. if, I don't even like using that term. Um, and I, I, I like the movie. I had fun, but I have big issues with it. And, uh, a lot of things in general, like there's certain things that are some of my favorite things in the series. And there's certain things that are like, I'm aghast. Uh, and I, I'm excited to dive into it. I was shocked. I text Andy. I don't know if you were in that thread. I think it was just Andy. Uh, cause I have no memory of David Tennant. <laughs> because I don't think I knew who David Tennant was the first time, like when I used to watch this a lot mm -hmm. and now I do. So I was like, that's fucking David Tennant. And I paused it and text Andy or called him actually. And he was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm not a doctor who guy. And, um, um, what's the good omens wasn't out yet. And, uh, you know, Jessica Jones wasn't out yet. So I didn't know who he was. This is the worst David Tennant acting I've seen by a mile ever. I, I was so excited when I, I saw his face. I don't think it's bad acting. He's just purposely being super hammy. I guess. He's just like, mom, mom, mom. Yeah. He's like, a what are you he's, doing? He's a crazy man. I'm a crazy man. He's a crazy snake. I lick my lips a lot. I'm a little snake. <laughs> they needed a visual cue. So Brandon Gleason could do the same thing. And that gives you the visual cue that, Oh, they're the same person. Sure. That's true. There you go. Because Brandon Gleason does the same thing, um, but a little yeah. more subtle. It's also fascinating to me. Well, I'll save that for the end. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on. I think this is probably the corniest of the bunch. Like there's some, no. there's some really hammy stuff no, in this that's movie. The first two were way cornier than this you movie. think so? Oh, by a mile. It's but this one, <laughs> this one comes off to me as. There is one really, really silly effect in this movie. That's. The, the port key when they go to the world cup and then Cedric Diggory and all I them was this little, like dying laughing when he looked like the <laughs> wicked witch of the West on the bike, but without the bike, like <laughs> da, 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 da. I was actually was kicking, ready for Quidditch. I was kicking my feet like that. And my wife was getting mad. 
because she loves these movies so much. And then when he landed, I was like, my body is the perfect killing machine, which is a line from Twilight. And then she got even madder because she loves Twilight. Um, and I love Twilight. And you but- slept on the couch. <laughs> I was on the couch already. Uh-huh. Just stuff like that. You I can't I, hurt me. I'm already here. I know what you mean, but I feel like the first two movies come off as like legitimate children's films. Hammy. And this one came after the execution of Azkaban, maybe is what it is. It just kind of was a dip back down into that hamminess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of when the, the Durmstrong gang comes in and they got the staffs and they're like, oh, and it's just what's going on. And McGon- they cut to McGonagall and she's like kind of scared, like, Oh, and like, what, that's not her character. Like she's a badass, you know, <laughs> what's going on right now? A bunch well, of stuff like that. She's more worried about them accidentally hitting a kid with their staff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's not scared of them. She's like, what are they swinging those around in the great hole? <laughs> that's not where you do this. Mm-mm. I'm just excited about the Yule ball. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's dive right in. So my my notes, by the way, for our listeners, will will get more detailed as we go on. I had my my four month old for the first fifteen or twenty minutes of this I've movie. I've got some detailed notes here at the beginning. There, mm-hmm. good. My first note is David Tennant. So <laughs> I think it opens with a yeah, shot of Nagini. Yeah, it opens up like, Nagini slithering around, slithering around through the graveyard. I'm a snake. Uh, but we cut to a was uh, that a keeper? dementor. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, the Dementors aren't in this one. I'm back in the prison. You know, I had a great time floating around Hogwarts, mm-hmm. but you know, I just had to take a little break. I mean, that's a long school here with no days off. I'm not sure. I don't even have a back. I don't even know, but something hurts. Seriously, I need to put on some, like, what are those things you put in your shoes? To help you, I know Doctor Souls. Yeah, yeah I need some Doctor Souls for my soul is what I need. <laughs> some Doctor Souls. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go suck something off. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a little Dementor kiss. <mwah> Give my mommy a Dementor kiss <laughs> every day before I leave. Oh, you leave that woman alone. <laughs> She's had it rough as is. I want to see an experiment and see how long we can do these before people turn it off. You know, uh, (laughs) when we did it last episode, I was like, surely people fucking hate this. No, we got a bunch of emails. So many messages from like more dementors. (laughs) When I read those at heart, because at the time I kind of black out and eventually come to like, oh, we just lost a few thousand listeners. Yeah. And then I get the emails like that was the best part. And it just heartens me like, you know, just do you live your truth yeah anywho yeah we just gotta we gotta give ourselves a dementor kiss from mm-hmm. time to time <laughs> how do you guys like that asmr by the way just write in at streamingthingspot.gmail.com oh this is a complete divergence but uh i was on a shoot one day oh not a divergence on this show no this is this is this is has nothing to do harry potter with harry potter but you just reminded me of something that was one of the funniest days on set ever and so we had a boom mic so we we're about to do an interview mm-hmm. and the boom mic was like really low like in front of the interviewee's face and she was kind of laughing about it she's like look at this mic i feel like i can start doing asmr to it and our our producer just goes, oh, I love American Sign Language. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking died. What would they have to do with a microphone? <laughs> was she, she ASMR? She thought that was a, a- ASMR. <laughs> yeah. God love her. Oh, it was great. Sorry. God but yeah, her. we got a groundskeeper. He's in his cottage. He's making a tea or something. And he looks up and there's a light on in the house uh, on the other way. Somebody's like, trespassing. Bloody kids. Mm-hmm. These dang kids He's always old, sneaking old in here. Jeremy Hunt's over there running around. <laughs> Gordon Bennett, they're back again. <laughs> uh, so he goes to investigate uh, who has the light on. And 
Wouldn't you know it? There are some three ne'er do wells mm-hmm. up in there. We got Barty Crouch, David Tennant, uh, Barty Crouch Jr. Oh yeah, that's true. But that we is- don't find that out till later. Mm-hmm. Barty Crouch Jr., David Tennant. We've got uh, uh, Wormtail, Peter and- Pettigrew, OPP, PP, uh, something Shaw. I've, we, Timothy Shaw, was that his name? I mean, I, I, let's sure. Yeah. The guy from The Last Samurai. But they're talking to someone <laughs> in a couch. There's someone or in a chair. We don't mm-hmm. see who's in the chair, but he sounds very, like he's hurt. Nobody could ever. Maybe, maybe a, like a Dumbledore who mm. has a little more pep in his step. Mm. Uh, I didn't use caution. I smoked two packs of Winston Light 100s every day for 30 years. Not a good decision on my behalf. Mm. The boy who lived became the man who smoked. <laughs> Do we just discover a new dare PSA? <laughs> Voldemort <laughs> smokes, kids. That's why his face looks like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's a jewel. <laughs> Would you like to do my new flavor? <laughs> Avada the candy? <laughs> anyway, unfortunately for this poor, 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 innocent muggle groundskeeper, uh, mm-hmm. Nagini slows by him. He's like, that's a big snake. Why is that doing in here? But, uh, Nagini's a snitch. Super snitch. And goes in there and parcel tongues into the person sitting on the chair. Hey, groundskeepers, uh, listening to There's everything man out there. They're dropping some eaves out there in that hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Barty Crouch, it's Barty, right? Barty Crouch is yeah. the one that like advocate him. No, it- I thought it was, uh, Voldemort. He said, out of the oh, way, Wormtail. Oh, that's right. Wormtail's kind of blocking He's the door. He's got his little baby Voldemort hand. And I, I don't know how he, he doesn't have a wand though. Because he doesn't, he asks for his wand specifically later from Wormtail. That's oh, maybe it is Barty Crouch. Then. Maybe, but I, I thought he said out of the way. Oh, it is Barty Crouch because uh, Voldemort says something. He does say out of the way, Wormtail. And he was like, kill the muggle. He says something like, kill the muggle or something like. Well, that. at the end when it when um, poor Cedric he says, kill the spare. Yeah, I remember that. But anyway, that's what happens. That's the opening of the film, uh, and then we get like a little bit of a a darker score uh, version of the John Williams theme. Not that dark. <laughs> Not that dark. Uh, and my next note says portkey, which I don't think is quite accurate, but we, I think it's cuts to uh, the Weasley's house and Hermione has arrived mm-hmm. and says hello to Harry wakes Ron up. He gets very uh, sheepish about her, him seeing her, her seeing him in his tank top mm-hmm. covers, covers himself up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. Don't, don't look at me. No, I'm going through some my shoulders. <laughs> she just saw my bare arms. Oh my goodness. And I didn't get a pump in beforehand. <laughs> that does suck. <laughs> got to get the pump in before the ladies see you. Uh, we find out very quickly that they're all on a, a summer family vacation, I guess, to go to the world cup vacation. You only got to get away. I forget the words of that song. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Weasley, Arthur Weasley's taking him to the world Quidditch cup. And so he has to deal. teach them very quickly. When by teach is a loosely based term about port keys. And by teach, I mean, grab this and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what you hear, want to hear from all adults <laughs> when you're growing up. Hey, grab this, see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, it, I just love how like irresponsible so many adults in this show. This, I mean, this, this whole universe. universe. Yeah. You, you can fly off and die. Sure. But just, just like literally on. Harry almost doesn't go. Cause he's like, Harry, quick, catch it. <laughs> Oh shit, we left Harry. Again. And we don't have phones. Diagonally. <laughs> I really think technology is much safer and better than magic is what I'm getting from all yes. this. Yeah. But yeah, they use a port key, which is like a little device that just instantly transports you. Because uh, adult wizards, again, if you don't- It's a stanky boot. They can apparate. They can teleport, essentially. Uh, but the, the the kids can't. So they have to use things like flu powder and port keys. Uh, assuming there was no chimneys at the World Cup. 
mm-hmm. but they do all successfully use the port key and they, they travel. But before that, there is a moment I want to talk about. That's really funny where uh, Robert Pattinson shows up at, at the house right before the port key. Cause he's with his dad. Uh, what's his name? Amos. Some, yes. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, who's a member, a friend of Arthur's at the, the ministry of magic. And, uh, you can see there's, it cuts to Hermione and Jenny Weasley and they see Robert Pattinson, of course. And they kind of go, Hmm, and look at each other. God damn. <laughs> I rolled my eyes and looked at my wife and she kind of shrugged like, mm, yep. It bees like that. Wait, you don't think it's believable that Hermione and Jenny would. A hundred percent. I do. Swear. I rolled my eyes in like a, that's, that's hard facts on the screen right now. Okay. Right, babe. Yeah. And she was, was like, yes, I was about to say, <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't show Ron and Harry doing the same thing. Even I was swooning a little like, bit. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, he sparkles in the sunlight as a as a puff myself. Yes, that honestly, is my, that is my Lord and Savior. Cedric, Cedric Diggory. Diggory is just pulling all of Hufflepuff's weight right now, like every bit of cred that Hufflepuff has. Hufflepuff gets a, a shit, you know, reputation, reputation. And I'm just glad that at least one Hufflepuff gets at least some. He was love. like world renowned. Honestly, I had forgotten how accomplished of a young wizard he was. You know what I mean? Like, um, is it, I think, is it Mad-Eye Moody that tells Harry, like, Cedric Diggory could uh, turn a some amulet to a watch and tell you the time. I don't know. It was a weird idiom that he used. I'm like, okay, I can tell time. It doesn't make me a good fucking wizard. <laughs> no, that's, like, really impressive. <laughs> it's not a digital clock, Harry. Seriously, the clocks we have just tell us where our kids are. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It'll tell time. He knows the time, boy. Whoa. Um, anyway, yeah, he's a very accomplished wizard, and, and uh, I... Hufflepuff, go Hufflepuff. Yeah. Go Puffs. Uh, so anyway, they they start, you know, Ron remarks on how shitty their seats are. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we're poor, Ron. I don't know. Did you just find this out? Been telling you for years. <laughs> These are free tickets I got from work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Reds tickets we get. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But right at that moment. You the, can't give those away. <laughs> right at that moment, the Malfoys chime in and make fun of them as well. And I thought this was a little bit of a flub logistically, like world building wise. Uh, why would the higher seats be shitty in this universe? This particular game, the people fly. Well, uh, it didn't look like they were chairs. Maybe oh, okay. That's why. Just the seating. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Like when you get those hard that is benches. a good point. Cause they're like, Oh, Ron, these seats suck. And yeah. then like, they start flying right at eye yeah. level. <laughs> we're way down here. Cause we're rich and we, uh, actually fuck. We didn't think this out. There's actually a scene cut out of the movie where you see the Malfoys with like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we thought these Did were good. Not think this through. We're right down here with the ministry of magic. Don't gloat boy. And he like assaults his son, even though he yeah. just gloated. Why would you gloat about having to sit next to fudge? Yeah, fudge like is that's a not a, that's like that's not the pool you think Mm-mm. it is. Mm-mm. That's not the brag you think it is, Malfoy. And then there's some fireworks that rival that of Gandalf the Grey. I mean, don't what do you think about that, Steve? Wait, what? There's the the, fu- the fireworks that open the ceremony, and he's oh, like, "Oh, it's yeah. the Irish." And then there's like a I guess a an offensive leprechaun that just jumps around. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Bulgarians have something, and like they're really advanced. And they show, I, I love how, yeah, the Irish have that fireworks show, but the Bulgarian show is basically like, look at Victor Crumb. That's right. our show. A kid who's a look professional Quidditch player, but also look in at high this, school. Look at the senior in high school. <laughs> What's going on with that? Technically he's 22 and he's been held back a couple grades. <laughs> That's actually probably accurate. <laughs> I think. Cause it's 17 or older. They don't actually say his age as I recall, but. Uh, anyway, the game commences and then they go back to this tent. That's super cool. I think it's the same tent that we see again in uh, Deathly Hallows. 
that they're like using to hide him when they're finding, oh, it's been a while for you. Yeah, sure. I think we see this tent again, Steve. I agree with you. But it's a tent that gets I'm bigger be when you go inside. I'm going to my seat for the rest of the fucking franchise. Like, where's this tent coming Where back? is the tent? I was promised this tent. I was told I would pitch a tent. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Every, I'm going to have tent blue balls because <laughs> no tents have been pitched in this I'm movie. I'm telling you, you will see it. You will see it. Mm. Uh, and so the tent's bigger inside. Than it looks, uh, but then the Death Eaters, which attack. is cool, because David Tennant's in this. Ooh, just like the TARDIS, mm-hmm. it's a TARDIS tent, but also Tennant sounds like Tent. Yeah, I thought that's where you're going. This with that. is there's multiple layers. Next Chris. level shit. This they is, hired him on this purpose. This is why this is the best movie in mm-hmm. the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Death Eaters attack. Uh, it's no bueno. And even though there's just literally tens of thousands of accomplished adult wizards and there's only 10 they death eaters, scatter, everybody like, freaks out. Like you turn the lights on at a gross kitchen and cockroach. like the rats just they Cock- scattered cockroach. and rats and rats, whole ass rats in this kitchen. Yeah. Whole <laughs> this ass is a rats. terrible kitchen. This is like uh jigsaw's kitchen. Uh, would you like to clean the kitchen? Obviously, um. obviously not. <laughs> um, in the book, all of this is like a way bigger deal when the Death Eaters attack because there's a point where Harry gets discovered uh, under the mark of the Death Eater, right? Like the it's a very, very on the nose skull with a snake. It's definitely bad news, Mark, that the Death Eaters have. Uh, and the guy that sent it up was David Tennant. We could see, but Harry didn't see his face. But they very briefly were like, why are you here, Harry? And then everybody's like, he's cool. Uh, it must have been you. In the book, he gets heavily accused. And I believe they confiscate his wand to see his most recent spell and all kinds of stuff. So the ministry doesn't just let it go immediately like they do in the movie. But in the movie, they all like apparate there and try to kill the kids immediately. Like they all fire something, some kind of spell and they duck it. Yeah. Luckily. And Arthur's like, no, it's my son it's my kid. and other kids. Um, They're trigger happy. Yeah, they the are. Industry of magic. Um, any hoozle. My next note is Cho. I don't think that I think I skipped some stuff or is that the, does it cut to the school and we just see Cho? Well, yeah, after Cho they Chang. Had that little bit of dialogue. Yeah. It cuts straight to Hogwarts. And as I, or no, I'm sorry. Um, Hogwarts Express. And as Harry's trying to get into his cab, he kind of walks by Cho and her friends and they kind of have like a little moment and she smiles at him and Harry's like, well, lady. Oh God. Uh, Puberty. Uh, yeah. And then we see uh, the snack trolley. Uh, by the way, I want to point out Harry does try to buy Ron some snacks because he's, you know, Elon Musk mm-hmm. and and Ron's like, no, I'll just take the gibbery juice or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Some kind of Twizzlers or licorice. Yeah, there's some sort of rope that he he does not get, but he wants. He only gets half of his snacks, and he refuses to take Harry's help. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want no handouts. A- Any hoozle. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, we're at, we're at that age in movies where, like, um, young people have to just stare at the the, uh, the person of their affection, mm-hmm. which is just, like, a very fun, well, it's, it's, a, it's a common movie trope where it's just like, uh, g- girl. Gulp? Well, it's a very awkward age. I wouldn't wish adolescence on my worst enemy for no, sure. This is true. And I think I, I commend the movie and uh, the book for, you know, attempting to tackle this. I just think it's done in some really interesting ways in the movie specifically uh, and some downright bad ways as well. Uh, but we'll get there very, very soon. But yeah, we, we get to see also, by the way, in the book, I think this is the one where the whole subplot about Hermione starting um, the activist group trying to free the house elves begins and it's just completely not in the movies at all. So they don't address the awkwardness of having slavery in this universe at all in the movies where I think in the book, at least it was an attempt to like have the activist group. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hermione is the, the, the originator and leader of that group, but it's, I think it's book four, but it's not talked about at all, but any who's um, 
the 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 French people arrive. The Beaubaton, as Michael Gambon says, Beaubatons. The Beaubatons. Which is kind of like a Southern American way of saying that, like I would have thought. It's like the Louisiana version of, yeah. of that. Some damn old Beaubatons are here. The Beaubatons. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to, uh, what's the Y'all snack ready for that this? they use? <laughs> no, what's that snack <laughs> they eat down there? Uh, it's not baguette. A uh, beignets. A beignet. Beignets. Yeah, beignet for the bow battens. Mm. I, dude, I want a beignet now. I've never had one. They're amazing. I've heard. Oh my god. And all god. the movies that feature New Orleans, everybody's I, loving beignets. I love. I've never been to New Orleans, but I love Cajun food. I love. I beignets. do too. I had some gumbo the other day dude, off of uh, HelloFresh. We are not paid by jealous. them. Mm. Quit making me jealous. Gumbo was delicious. Mm. But yeah, they arrive in like a uh, uh, a winged chariot. Um, the Bo Battens, which are, it's an it all girls like, school. It didn't look like the chariot was big enough to hold all those girls. It's magic. That's true. I mean, that, you brushed right over that, but then you're fine with the ship that traveled underwater. It's clearly not a submarine. Chris, it's magic. By the way, do you think they know about submarines? <laughs> with my magic, I have invented a boat that can go underwater. And they're like, yeah. Take that. Harry's Muggles. like, um, yeah, we've had submarines since like the 1930s. What? <laughs> How have we not seen them? Oh, they're underwater. They go silent. Mm -hmm. Radar. Hunt Boop. for Red October. It's a big thing. So it's the Beau Battens. I'm really convinced it's probably Beau Baton. Uh, and Durmstrong, uh, which is like the Bulgarian school mm -hmm. uh, for boys only, of which Victor Crumb is a member. Um, and then uh, Igor Karkarov is the headmaster of Durmstrong. And Madam, Madam, I don't have, Madam Maxim, Maxims? Max, Madam Maxim, maybe? Yeah. Madam Maxim. She's the half giantess uh, headmaster of, of the Beau Batons. There's an awkward uh, choice there because like their whole thing is that they're almost like sirens. Like they're like, they're supposed to be a <sighs> kind of a, not a beauty school, but they're, you know. Whatever. I don't know what they want to impart here. Fleur de la Cour specifically is a, a beautiful young lady is what the idea that everybody's supposed to get is. But there's like a, they like focus on their butts. Yeah. That is a thing what that What the happens. fuck did they do that for? This is a school. Look at these minors. <laughs> like what's going on? And it's like, I don't, that's one weird choice. Uh, Mad-Eyed Moody is really cool. We get to see a glimpse of him here something he does something with the ceiling uh oh like because they have like the the weather effects that are happening and he wants to like fix the weather well it starts to get like chaotic and like he's, like, oh, and he's like i got it <laughs> i got it i don't know why the weather service is fucking up in the middle of our presentation but i'll I, handle this and i'll take a shot of my my flask i just thought the Durmstrang entrance uh was so corny uh with you just don't like like battle hardened monk people I, that's not true. I wouldn't say that that's true. Like, I love that character from Rogue One. No, you hated him. <laughs> uh, and that's when Barty Crouch comes out to announce that this year, the Triwizard Tournament, which has not been held in some years, it's a big deal that it's happening again. Uh, there will be this time no student under the age of 17 allowed to compete. And all of the kids are really mad about this because they want to compete, I guess. Boo. You don't, I, I, there's one cutaway where I think it's, it's either George or Fred. It's one of the twins. One of them just goes, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I have like six notes in here where I put, I put George parentheses, Fred does blah, blah, blah. Cause they're kind of a big part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I never know which one it is, uh, but yeah. That's the thing. And there's a goblet of fire. So this is the first time we get the title of the movie utilized so quickly. I mean, this is a good 10, 15 minutes in. We already got mm -hmm. Dumbledore like the goblet of fire, which is the title of this film. Bring out the goblet of fire. I urge you to use caution. 
When bring it's a goblet. I'm Richard Harris. It's a goblet with actual fire on it. <laughs> don't touch it unless you are wearing gloves. Certainly don't drink it. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> oh. Why do you think I sound like this? I drank the goblet one time. Someone told me it was fireball cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> this is the goblet of fireball cinnamon whiskey. That was back in a time when I did not exercise caution. Mm-mm. Now look <laughs> at me. Um, but yeah, uh, and yeah, that's what happens. All the kids are mad, but then and then Dumbledore pops up like, shut the fuck up. Everybody needs to know I'm here. We're going to do the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> What's that voice? That's Michael Gammon's <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> so in this Hello, movie, everyone. I this is my take on Dumbledore. And Michael Gammon. Double D. Double D. Dumbledore, as uh, Madame Maxine would say. Um, yeah, Dumbledore. Um, he's supposed to be like unimpeachable. Like he's so, his composure is so perfect because he's such a genius wizard that he's always 10 steps ahead of everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And Michael Gambon famously did not read the novels. He just wanted to go by the script, which a lot of like theater actors refuse to read source material. They just want to go by the text of the film. And it's an adaptation. I respect that. Uh, and I even said last time we got some emails about it where, you know, I, I really felt like Michael Gambon was another side of the same coin of book Dumbledore. And together they make the whole complete picture just because he seems more physically capable than Richard Harris. Um, but in this movie specifically, and I have to rewatch the other one soon, but he just really does not nail the Dumbledore character of composure at all. Like, no, there's a scene later on right after this, when, when Harry gets called, his name gets called and he's like, Harry fucking Potter. <laughs> and then he takes him in the back. Boy, come here. He like knocks him into a shelf. And in the book, I believe it says Dumbledore gently asks, did you put your name in the goblet, Harry? Did you Harry? put your name in the goblet of fire? And Michael Gambon is like, did you put your name in the goblet, Harry? <laughs> is it Wait, secret? Where's your red money? It's due right now. <laughs> is it safe? Um, so yeah, that's an interesting uh, take on the part of Michael Gambon. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what happens. They put all their names in, or, or Dumbledore announces you have until next Thursday to put your names mm-hmm. in the goblet to be eligible to compete in the Triwizard Tournament. One person from each school will be selected. It's an extremely dangerous tournament. People die. The if, if you enter the tournament, you will not be the same ever again. No, literally. It will change you. Yeah, you also age oh, a few days over the course of the tournament, we which is like, normal. You know what? Um, let's just... Try to kill some kids. You know what? I don't think it's been dangerous let's, enough here these past few years. Let's get it out of our system. We it, There were terrorists that attacked the World Cup. I think we all know what we need. This year is the year. To try to kill some kids. Mm-hmm. Let's take it out on them. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of stuff building up inside of us collectively as a society, as a culture. I say we can band a together. catharsis. Get that catharsis. See some kid get eaten by I a dragon. Feel, I feel like Hogwarts oh, would have been the best place in the world for somebody like Dr. Brenner. He would have loved it. <laughs> in fact, we've got Dr. Brenner on the line right now. We did, we spoke to him earlier. Sorry to keep you on hold for 20 or 30 minutes there. I Dr. don't like Zoom. <laughs> sure. I'm sure that you don't. I hate it. But, well, how do you feel about Hogwarts? Oh, it's my alma mater. <laughs> okay. That's where I got my first, my first ever degree. <laughs> what is your degree in? I have several degrees. My first degree mm-hmm. was in uh, the application of trauma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I didn't apply any trauma. I got trauma applied to me. Mm-hmm. I kept falling off those staircases. They I didn't change constantly. I didn't think muggles could get into Hogwarts, Dr. Brenner. Well, I did a thing where I took a lot of LSD and just acted the part of a wizard, and they just assumed I was cool. Uh, that's true. I was like, don't mess with me. <laughs> don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. 
and that worked. But you do like the lack of safety at this school, I Love imagine. It. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. And you know what? That's what's wrong with kids these days. Mm-hmm. Safety? Safety. Mm-hmm. Too much of it. Indeed. Who? I want to find out whoever invented seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Ralph Nader, I want to kick his ass. <laughs> Was it Ralph Nader? Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Any hey, usual. Uh, so I know that's a short conversation after keeping you on hold for so long, but we got to get going. That's it? Yeah. I'm I've so been sorry. on hold all day. Bye. Uh, we lost him. Sorry there, Dr. B. We, we will reach him. out to you soon, I'm we sure. Very, him. very soon. Uh, but then we cut to a classroom uh, wherein uh, Mad-Eye Moody, Alastor Moody, is mm. teaching defense against the dark arts probably for a long time. That's a that's a position where people typically last. Yeah, you go to retire in that position. Yes, uh, and his first lesson is going to be the unforgivable curses because he believes in an in, in actual you know you kids need to know this boots on the ground learning right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's a hilarious moment where he's like, "Does anybody know why we?" Call them the unforgivable. I don't know why I'm doing Hagrid. The unforgivable curses. And Hermione's like, because they're unforgivable. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the genius in the room. You're the greatest wizard of your age. <laughs> you must be Hermione Granger. Yeah. And then your father would know all about that. I don't know what that means, but because uh, Ron says <laughs> the imperious curse. And you know, your father would know all about that. I know what he actually means, but it's funny because they had an issue with it at the ministry. Uh, It's the imperious curse. And he goes on to explain where uh, people can be controlled by this particular curse. And he says scores of witches and wizards claimed that they were doing, you know, who's bidding because of the imperious curse. But who's to tell if they're telling the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he pulls out like a it's like a crab spider. It's like a crider. A crider. And and Gorgio, which would be a very useful spell. <laughs> tell, tell me the applications, Chris. And many. Just, just, just like name me five. Well, if you bought a White Castle One. slider, boom. You wanted to make it into a real burger. That's, yeah, that's good. Done. All right, number two. You could buy a Hot Wheels car and then turn it into a. Well, I guess it still wouldn't work. I mean, you can push it downhill. <laughs> yeah, be a good go kart. <laughs> yeah. All right, three. We got three more. Okay. Um, Gorgio. If you had a pair of shoes that you bought in the wrong size. That's just handy. You could make it fit your size or any clothing whatsoever. Yeah, that's handy to have in a pitch. By the four. way. What else? What else? Engorgio. Okay, say you're down to the last little bit of mustard or mayonnaise in the jar. Mm-hmm. Instead of buying a new jar, could you not simply engorgio the tiny bit that remains? Mm, I wonder if it would have the same co- uh, flavor profile if you just enlarge it. You could turn uh, a tiny kiddie pool into a full-size swimming pool. That's number five. And I can literally think of nothing else I would do yeah, to with engorgio. the engorgio. Yeah. yeah, nothing else. Not but it's still thing. very handy, as I said, like you said. Anywho, so, uh, that's And he goes to- I wish uh, I could use engorgio. Mrs. <laughs> Norris would, I would make this, me back. I would make this Mrs. Norris a bigger cat. And then I would ride her around the school like, <laughs> uh, like she was a pretty pony. But, Mr. Filch, uh, you can't do magic. So- why does everyone feel the need to remind me? You're a squib. Uh, I'm gonna. I got a toilet to clean. You're a practical effect on a movie. I uh, heard that. <laughs> I heard that. And so, any he, he proceeds to imperious curse the the crider, the crab spider, mm-hmm. and make it dance. I like this scene, this part of the scene, because he's like everybody's having a good time, and even he's pretending to laugh. And then he's like, "Oh, I can make you jump out the window or drown yourself," and then everybody gets sad. I really like this scene a lot. This mm-hmm. was one of my favorite scenes of the whole franchise so far because it's legit. Um, it starts off as like, oh, this guy's kind of creepy. Oh, it's fun. He's doing fun little things with it. And then he turns it's like, or I can have it kill itself. Yeah. And it gets real dark real quick. 
And then like he starts torturing it with, what's the, the torture curse? Crucio. Crucio. Cruciatus curse. And it, it gets really dark and poor Neville's crying. Do you know why Neville's so sad? Do you I, remember? I do. Cause it was, uh, it's how his parents died. Yes. Well, they're not dead. They were driven insane. Or, driven insane. Yeah. And that's why he in, lives uh, with his grandmother. What's the, the, uh, asylum that they're in. I forget the name of it. Not St. Brutus. That's the school that uncle Vernon wants to send Harry to. Anyway, they're in the, the asylum. Um, it's not Arkham. And, uh, <laughs> and then he pulls out the, the Avada Kedavra, the he killing kills curse. It. He kills it. He just, on the, 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 the spider there. Uh, and I like that shot because he, as soon as the green Avada Kedavra curse hits the spider, it cuts to, you can see Harry in the background and it, like they do a, a, a focus pull, I think. Um, and then it, and I thought they were going to leave it at that, which would have almost been better. But then just to make it clear, uh, Moody's like the only person who's ever survived the killing curse is Harry Potter. And Harry's Sitting like in this room. not even looking at him, even though it's right in front of him. What? I wasn't paying attention. He, he was writing. Uh, what was he writing in a letter to class? Cho? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Cho Chang. Circle. Yes or no. Do you like me? Like me, like me, like me, like boy who lived like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am the boy who likes you. Um, <laughs> God, the boy who likes me time to date. <laughs> came to date yeah that would be some riz that's what the kids are calling it these days have you heard that term i have not so if you were able to flirt well or like you're a charming person mm. very charismatic uh gen z is calling it riz oh that guy's got riz Ooh. and then they do really cool things like puns with that like oh that, that bros the rizzler <laughs> i don't like that one bros the wizard of oz so I thought so of a funny joke. It sounds like someone actually had the Riz and then people who don't have the Riz are making these puns. Sure. <laughs> but the, the Rizzler. But then I no. thought of a cool joke for the Gen Z kids where I could say, you're a Rizzard, Harry. What do you think? I mean, it's your TikTok career. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to make it work somehow. But yeah, we go through all three of the curses. Um, afterward on the stairs, Neville's just kind of staring out the window and, and Hermione's trying to comfort him and he's kind of traumatized by this. Uh, and then uh, Mad-Eye Moody comes down and he says, you okay, Neville, follow me and pulls him aside. That's all we see so far. But attempts to comfort him is what we think. Mm -hmm. Um and then we cut to everybody putting their names in the cup, including Cedric Diggory. Everybody's cheering him on. He's very popular at this school. Fred and George try to trick the cup uh, by taking a very simple aging potion. And Hermione is very non-convinced, unconvinced that, that they're going to be able to pull this off. She's scoffing at their efforts the whole time. Like Dumbledore himself put this aging line here. Do you think a simple potion like that's going to trick it? And he's like, ah, that's the genius of it. Is it so simple? He wouldn't have thought of it. That's their theory. Is that yeah. It's too dumb for Dumbledore. It's too dumb. Uh, but then uh, they, they, it seems to work, but then they get walloped by the cup sent flying back a few you know dozen feet because they're kids and it's Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens to yeah. kids at Hogwarts. And they also age. They turn into Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> like just a very. And then they start fighting. Of course. He's like, <laughs> you told me it would work. Um, I like this. That's what happened to me. And then Crumb puts the. <laughs> I'm actually 15 years 15. old. That's why I always advise to use caution. I yes, use caution, guys. Uh, Crumb puts the Riz on Hermione. That's <laughs> my. That's <laughs> my actual note. <laughs> my wife was horrified at me attempting to use the word Riz. Oh, I'm like, trying to keep up with the kids. I'm watching a train wreck slowly happen in front of me right now. <laughs> oh, that's what Hello, shocked fellow you. Hello, kids. <laughs> <laughs> the Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, 
And then we go to cut to the cup announcing the names. Uh, and we hear uh, Victor Crumb from Durmstrong. Yay. Uh, Fleur Delacour is chosen from Yay. the Bow Battens. And Cedric Diggory, of course, is the Hogwarts champion. Everybody's clapping the and crowd happy. Goes wild. But then Snape notices that the, the cup's still a bubbling. Mm. Mm. Obviously. Bubbling. Another name. Still. Is it Brewing Glory? That's not what it normally does. <laughs> but if it did, it would be cool. <laughs> and then it, the piece of paper pops out, and all of a sudden you see uh, uh, that's just when Dumbledore starts to fucking freak out. Harry, Harry Potter. Harry <laughs> <laughs> He sounds just like that, too. Harry <laughs> and eventually Hermione's like, Jesus Christ, Harry, go. Because Harry like sits down and starts hiding. Yeah, he's like, uh, no, this is not good. Like, I, everyone's looking at him like he's a piece of shit. And Hagrid's like, no, no. No, my boy Harry Potter, he wouldn't do that. No, he's a wizard, though. Someone, someone put his name in that cup. Mm-hmm. Not him. I could guarantee you that that was not Harry Potter. By the way, there's so much alliteration in this particular movie. I'll get to fucking Madame, Professor McGonagall later, but there's. Because Dumbledore's like, it's the chalice of champions. It's the vessel of victory. It's the cup of cool people. This is saying something because we're the curators of content. We are. The pinnacle of podcasting. (laughs) We are the bastions. (laughs) Bow battens. Uh, Anyway, so Harry's hiding. Everybody starts hating Harry. Immediately. Even Ron's like this motherfucker. You didn't tell me you put your name in the cup, Harry. Look, I know you're the main character, but you're acting like too much of the main character. That sucks. (laughs) I don't know. In this one, you can imagine how much Harry, you know, we talk about it all the time, how much Harry would suck. Well, sure, but like. Ron sucks worse in this movie. This is the most Ron has ever sucked so far. <laughs> like the whole time, whenever they would pan to, you know how like we always call Mike Wheeler a miserable fuck? It's just him, Mike Wheeler. This is super- Ron. What's well, puberty, baby? He's just like, oh, my friend is. He's got all his hormones. cool things. Yeah. Ugh. He's feeling very like, he's starting to feel like, you know what? Not to go I'm gonna too deep. I'm going to be an asshole to Hermione and then get even more mad when she calls me out on it. I think the whole fight between Ron and Harry in this movie is super stupid and not well developed at all. However, I will say just to dig way too deep into this children's movie. I think there was a time like right around puberty when I started wanting to get the attention of, uh, you know, other people in a romantic way, all that stuff where I like realized I was poor. Do you know what I mean? Up until like, like <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, those ages, 10, maybe even I was just like, whatever, you know, like everybody else has pop tarts. I have toaster pastries. No big deal. My, bo- you know, my cereal comes in a bag. Everyone else is in boxes. My peanut butter, you have to stir because the oil will rise to the top and to turn it into actual peanut butter because it comes from the state. You have to stir it a little bit and it comes in like a plain 10. The family of- car was a Hot Wheels that you engorgioed. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's got Jif and Jiffy. I've got the state peanut butter, whatever. Uh, and Skippy, I meant. But yeah, so but right around like 12, 13, I was like, oh, we're poor. This is sad. This, and now I'm mad. I'm annoyed. You know, sure. Um, so I can kind of see that in Ron, you know, because he kind of made the the comment about the the seats at the World Cup. And by the way, if you're at the World Cup, you're doing okay, Ron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got nothing to complain about. He wasn't watching it on Wizard TV. They were flying at your eye level. But yeah, this whole fight that they develop, I hate because it's like one conversation would solve it. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of plot lines always drive me nuts. There is one weird. Uh, what is it? So it's it's after this. They're back in the dorm, and Ron confronts Harry. He's like, "You, you I, th- I thought you would tell your best friend." And Harry's like, "I didn't. I, I swear I didn't." And Ron goes to go to bed, 
piss off. And then he turns around, piss off. Like, what a little twat. I hate Ron so much. Well, that's like movie. kind of a kid thing. Like, he doesn't ever cuss. And so he was just like, Gordon Bennett, I'm going to say it. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> You're being a real Jeremy <laughs> hot right now. Um, well, first they go back into the back office and all the teachers are, or the headmasters are arguing with Barty Crouch, arguing over what to do. This is unprecedented. It's the Tri-Wizard, not a Quattro Wizard tournament or and whatever. He's, he's under 17. And there's that. Uh, but Barty Crouch is like, the rules are very clear. I, by the way, I, I understand politically this mustache is awkward. <laughs> Audio listeners, you didn't see the amazing thing where Chris looked at me, pause, and almost as if to make sure I knew who he was talking about, pointed at his mustache. <laughs> yeah, well, when he first popped up on screen, I was like, oh, Adolf Crouch over there. And well, my wife was like, was, don't say that was on doing, your show. Was, his was more of a pencil thin mustache, wasn't it? It wasn't like the Hitler little thing i think it's pretty similar no i'm pretty sure it's more of a like a like barty crouches is a pencil it's yeah i'm pretty sure it's, it's not pen- i'm pretty sure it's a full I'm bringing it up i'm telling you man i guarantee you it's not <laughs> i'm telling you man there's barty no pencil to it crouch he, that, that would have been not a better junior. mustache you're talking about like the what's the famous horror actor uh from like frankenstein movies and stuff black and white that has that pencil thin mustache well, we're, we're, we're both wrong let me see. Because it's got the thickness of a Hitler, but it goes out further. Slightly. Yeah, but I mean, he's bringing it in from the corner. It's not at the corners of the lips. That's the key. Right, but that's definitely not, that's not the. the sure. I mean, he is just. This uh, is more of a Walt Disney. Nah, he's a quarter of an inch on each side. This is a Walt Disney. <laughs> oh, that's better. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're the same picture. Right. <laughs> Any hoozle. Barty Crouch insists that Harry. I don't know why I'm defending Barty Crouch's <laughs> he insists, choices. The rules are very clear. Harry has to compete because his name was called, regardless of how it was called. And Mad Eye defends him. It's like a confundish charm of that scale. It could never be done by a fourth year student. Why do they have to do this? What do you like, mean? Because Barty Crouch is like, the rules are clear. We have to let him. Like, if they just don't, if they don't let him, is the Goblet of Fire going to whip someone's ass? Like, what's going to, what would happen if there's like, oh. Well, I get the idea or the, the idea that's not doesn't hold any weight with any you know it doesn't hold any water whatsoever if the slightest bit of scrutiny unravels everything in this franchise right, right but true so it's there's magic. that but there's you know this is like a hallowed uh you know sacred event if we don't do this if we don't follow the rules the mm. earth will explode yeah you know it's just gonna be really that, embarrassing that's why we have to sacrifice three kids every several years now it is in england everything's yeah. about reputation this is gonna be so embarrassing this is the cabin of the woods of the wizarding world because later, Cornelius Fudge, you know, acts like he does have the power to cancel it if he wants. Because Dumbledore implores him to stop the, the competition and he refuses to. I'm not going to look like a bitch or whatever he says. So, <laughs> <laughs> hell nah. Um, I won't get reelected. So, exactly. Um, so, yeah, they decide, Harry, he's got to compete, baby. Baby. And he who's so. Uh, so, the teachers argue and... Uh, why did I say that? I said, I have, this is my note. This is what I compete against myself in this regard. Listeners memory bowl with worms is my next. So I guess we do see the pensive for a second, the pensive for a second. Oh yeah. Cause they go to his office when they're all, when the teachers are talking and he's doing his 
thing. Worm deposit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the worm deposit. <laughs> make, excuse me, guys. I got to make a worm deposit. Uh, and then we cut back to the dorms, as, as Steve was talking about earlier. Ron's super mad. He tells Harry to piss off. Uh, and we cut to Rita Skeeter from the Daily Prophet interviewing Harry in a hilarious, and she's a much bigger role in the books. Um, she uses her quick quotes quill, which basically just takes notes on its own. And we find out something. I don't think we find it out in the movies at all that she's an animagist, do we? No, they don't say anything about it in the movie. So that's how she gets her scoops is she can turn into like a bug and literally be a fly on the wall. Uh, and then Harry finds out in like, um, what's the word? Blackmails her, I think. Mm. Annie Hoosel. Uh, and that's a funny that's exchange of her that. being like a, a very, you know, lecherous, leechy kind of journalist that kind of embellishes and makes mm. things up. She wants a good steamy scoop. She, and she's, she'll, she's all about them tabloids. She's like, a 12 year old boy. And he's like, I'm 14. She's like, yeah, but as a 12 year old boy. And she writes that <laughs> in the published piece. Uh, and then he looks at her notes and says, my eyes aren't glistening with the ghosts of my past. And I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and and I, I love later on when he reads the article, you can hear it because it reads to him. Yeah. You can hear it in her voice. 12 year old boy glistening, eyes glistening with the ghost of his like, past. Crumples up, it's, she starts like reading quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and then throws it in the fire. She goes, ah. And now a quick word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. As you all know, we are ardent supporters here at Streaming Things of strong mental health, though we may not be paragons of that. I actually work full time in the mental health industry. I travel around trying to guide and help folks find people that might help them through their needs. And even I struggle very much in that category. In fact, I do not have a therapist currently. But Steve, ever since we've been dealing with BetterHelp and partnering with them, I think you've, you've found some help in them as well. Absolutely. Uh, I started using BetterHelp. Help when they gave us a code, and I've been working with my therapist, Becky. She's a true G. She's been mm. helping me kind of work through my own uh, uh, relationship issues and goals for myself, including uh, getting over my codependency issues that I'm just discovering that I have. So she has really helped me this year with kind of grappling who I am and what I need to do to have a happier life. Yeah. And actually having them as a sponsor has helped propel me in my urgency to find my own therapist. So I'm working on that this month. And that's the cool thing about BetterHelp. They'll help pair you with a therapist. You can scan through different ones that are available on the app, you know, right from your home. So you don't have to like talk yourself out of going because you got to drive somewhere or whatever excuse that you can come up with. I know how I am. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month that's better help.com slash streaming things uh, but he gets a message from Sirius Black his godfather uh, in the is it an owlry right I think it's, the it's supposed owlry. to be a rookery but it's an owlry in this in the story so. right yeah uh, and by the way I love how this whole owlry is covered in owl shit because that's just that's realistic you need someone to clean that up. Birds be pooping. Filch, Filch has, hasn't been up there in a while. He, I refuse to do it. Mrs. Norris keeps trying to kill them. Mm. So it's just practical I'm not going for me up not there without her. I'm not taking, no. I will clean up the shit from all these kids. I'll be damned if I clean up our shit. Mm -hmm. I don't leave her side ever since the Chamber of Secrets. Mm -mm, she's not being petrified on my watch. Never. But again. I will fire a cannon. Yes, early. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy. I'm excited about this, Kevin. I, I can't wait to take Mrs. Norris to the U ball. <laughs> he does. Mrs. Norris, I, I, I have a question. Would, would you? Actually, I wrote you a letter. <laughs> Just 
Make your mark. Uh, Make your mark. I like the joke, by the way, P.S. the bird bites, but right, right as he says P.S., he's ow, the bird bites. bites. That's a fun joke. That's a fun joke. Good one, Gary Oldman. Uh, and then it cuts to him reading Rita Skeeter's lying article, and he sees Sirius's face in the coals. He, uh, he tells Sirius about the dream. And Sirius replies that, you know, Karkaroff was a Death Eater. Once you're a Death Eater, you're always a Death Eater. Uh, and Barty Crouch sent his own son to Azkaban. That's the only clues we get up to this point. I love this, though, and and and, and so much as I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Sirius Black says, and I quote, keep your friends close, Harry. Keep your friends close. Right after he's literally right as he says that, Harry's best friend walks in the room and Harry lies to him for no reason. Like, there is no reason to lie to him. I was talking to my... You well, know, Godfather serious. Ron comes in. He's like, what? I heard voices down Sirius here. T- tell him to tell no one that they were talking. But then he said, keep your friends close. Well, uh, Sirius doesn't know that Ron's in the room with him. Awkward. And he tells Ron everything. They do everything together. And it's just like, I heard voices. No, you didn't. You're an Ron, idiot. I mean, Ron's, maybe, Ron's being a real see you next Tuesday this year. Maybe your dumb ears are doing dumb ear stuff. I like that you're Ron Harry's side so much about this, where I think they were both jackasses. Well, because Ron instigates it and he starts acting like a little dweeb. Look, and so Harry at one point is like, I'm fed up. Why you I have empathy you for Ron. Smoke? If you got your friend, like your best friend is just like, yeah, you know, I just save the world every year and I'm super rich and everybody thinks I'm cool and I'm famous. And you've been really cool about all this up to this point. And then uh, now I guess I'm just going to be the champion of the school, even though I'm not supposed to be in it. And like, he could be a little resentful. Yeah. But then it, it, like that's gotta suck. Yeah, but when Harry Potter's like, I no, I seriously didn't do that. I'd be like, you know what? A lot of weird shit happens around you where people are trying to get you killed. Sure, I believe you. I've known you for four years. You hang out at my house. My parents make you tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your ace is in my book. Irish. Irish. I love tea. You've saved my life so many times. He saved Ron saved his life too. Sure. Yeah, he's going to sacrifice himself. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> Once I make my move, you're free to check the king. <laughs> Classic. Um, Classic. And then we cut to Harry with Neville. He's out in like by the lake talking about plants and shit. And then Ron comes up with Hermione and I think Jenny. And this is where he asked Hermione to speak for him because they were refusing to talk. And this is a very petty, childish thing to do. Uh, you Seamus know, said to tell you. Parvati Patel told Seamus to tell Dean to tell me to tell you or some shit like that. Uh, to go see Hagrid, right? And uh, funny scene. And we cut to- I love her mind. I'm not an owl. I'm not an owl. <laughs> Even though she was, she was happy to do that for Ron, but then she her, her breaking point when Harry wanted to get a message back. Mm. Um, but Hagrid combed his hair is the first thing Harry notices when they're walking alone out in the woods, right? He's, looking, trying, he's trying to spruce himself up for Madame Maxim. I mean, I've been meaning to tell you, Harry, I have the riz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wizard, Harry. I'm a wizard. See, it's funny. <laughs> if you're, you know, have you seen the tall woman? <laughs> exactly. Mm. But there's a whole plot line that's inc- excluded. I think where she doesn't want to embrace her giant heritage. She refuses to admit that she's half giant, even though she's like 13 feet tall. Mm. And Hagrid hates that because he's proud of his half giant heritage. And I think they cut that out of the movie completely. Um, Any they're walking through the woods and eventually you find out that there's dragons is the first obstacle in the tournament. That's why Hagrid took him out there. Cause he's a cheater. And uh, Ron's brother, Charlie had to bring him in from Romania. Mm. So a little Charlie plug there. I don't that, think we ever see him in the movies at all. That Hungarian horn tail is something else. Oh that. boy. That's what they used to call me in high school. Really? The Hungarian horn tail. They did. They did. <laughs> he, ooh, he has a bad attitude. That Hungarian horn tail. So much Riz. They call me the horn tail. 
<laughs> uh, and then Harry Potter. Uh, why did I write this? <laughs> oh, all of your notes are just you just Harry Potter. Why, your life. I read the sentence Harry Potter stinks buttons, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But I remember stinks the buttons? yeah, they made those anti-Harry buttons, oh, the propaganda, right. yeah, because <laughs> they want to support Cedric, but not him. I started that class. <laughs> oh, the the anti the propaganda class. Yeah, the propaganda. That's even a- even wizards need it. <laughs> even wizards need it. Also, if I may put my thumb on the scales, how did you get back in this Zoom call? I'm here now. I flew in. <laughs> You're here perfect. Okay. Yeah, I want, I had more things to say. Yeah, you know. But if I could put my thumbs on the scales, uh-huh. that Harry Potter kid does stink. He does. Mm. If I had a Cedric Diggory at Hawkins. <laughs> you would go far. Ooh, I'd kill him too. <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> You'd definitely make him fight 11 and then she would kill him. It would be dope. Um, by the way, who do you think would win in a fight between 11 and Cedric Diggory? 11. <laughs> You think so? Yeah. He's a very accomplished wizard. Yeah, but she could just like blink at him and his neck snaps. She could do that, yeah. Yeah. But then before he, she could do that, he would go, expel it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're right. Never mind. That's boring. That's a boring thought experiment. Uh, you speaking of experiment. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he, Harry goes to tell Cedric that the task is dragons. Uh, his moral fiber that might, might or might not always get him extra points forces him to, to tell Cedric and uh, Cedric's like pretty confused, but grateful at first. Uh, and then he hey, like, man, sorry, sorry about the buttons. We were in propaganda class and everyone got a little crazy. I told him to take it <laughs> off, but they just won't listen. What are you going to do about it? I know, but at first he's kind of like enjoying it and laughing with him. And he's like, and by the way, the buttons are hilarious, but not my idea. Not my idea. Yeah. I have six of them on super dope. However, <laughs> not my idea. You have seen what our first draft button was. <laughs> and then Harry like cusses Ron out. He's like, you're a right foul. Get out of nowhere. <laughs> I love how he sees him across the courtyard. He's like, oh, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, like, yeah. Storms up to him like, hey, you're right, foul git. Yeah, by the way, fuck you. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. forgot to say it. And the enchanted car you rode in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Moody, so Draco, he gets in a little fight with Draco, and Draco's about to attack Harry. But then Mad-Eye Moody steps in, turns him into a ferret. You're not going to curse somebody behind their back. Uh, and then, you know, severely abusively bounces him on the ground a bunch, mm-hmm. puts him in crabs pants. I think it might be <laughs> yeah, Goyle. One of them. Uh, highly inappropriate. And McGonagall is horrified. We do not use transfiguration as a punishment. Please tell me that's not a student. <laughs> is that a student? We don't use that on students no, as a punishment. She says, did Dumbledore mention we don't use transfiguration as punishment? He might have mentioned it. Which is weird that that had to come up, right? By the way, here's things we don't do that you probably will. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, just think of it like if you were a person and mm-hmm. you wouldn't like something that had been done to you, mm-hmm. we don't do that. The golden students. rule. The golden rule. Do unto others. I like being a wizard. Mm-hmm. Or I like being a weasel. Sorry. And a wizard. <laughs> and a wizard. <laughs> and a wizard. What's up, McGonagall? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Moody's got a fake leg. That's my next note. This is going downhill immediately. Oh, he's in his office. And I, for some reason, he brought Harry in there with him, right? Yeah, he, he took Harry up there. Uh, and he's got his faux glass so he can see all of his enemies. I wonder if there's an Easter egg there, because in fact, we find out at the end of this that Mad-Eye Moody might not be what he seems. So is he going to see different people in the faux glass? Well, there's also... Was it Barty Crouch in the, the faux glass? Because that would be his dad. I did <gasps> not write that. I don't. I didn't catch that if there was, but... You, I'm just you, assuming. You, you see the chest that the real Mad-Eye Moody yes. is in. Like at one point, it's like... It like don't even want, to, want you to know what's in there. You don't know what's in there. It's a dude. Yeah. It's Brandon Gleason. (laughs) Yeah, it's just Brandon Gleason. And in that awkward long underwear that you sometimes see in Western movies with the butt flap. Help. (laughs) That's just what he's wearing. Help. (laughs) I don't like this. Um, And 
Moody's basically telling him everyone else is way more qualified to be in the Triwizard Tournament. That's when he tells him how good of a wizard Cedric Diggory is. Um, and then he's like, uh, what are your skills? And Harry's like, I don't really have any. And what am I, Liam Neeson? And he's like, you got to have some skills. And then he's like, oh, I can fly decently. He's like, that's not what I heard. I heard you're fucking awesome at it. And he's like, yeah, but I can't use all, I don't have my broom out there. I literally can think of no way I could get my broom. What am I, a wizard? And then <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody's like, use your wand, dumb bitch. And Harry's like, ah, oh, yeah, I forgot I had a wand. This guy. Which happens again. Like in the middle of the dragon fight, he's just running around and Hermione's like, Harry, use your fucking wand. Oh, right. I was panicking. Sorry. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. By the way, so the whole challenge is just get the gold egg from the dragons, right? Um, Wouldn't Accio egg solve everything immediately or not? Nah? Uh, you can't use that spell. It's <laughs> <laughs> off limits. Accio broom. You could use any spell you want until you can't. Right. Yeah. Well, Andy, I texted Andy about this. I was so mad. I was like, what about Accio egg, my guy? And he's like, well, they don't specifically address that. But with the Horcruxes, the Accio spell does not work. There's some kind of defense against that. So we can just assume the egg has that. Oh, is the egg a Horcrux? No, but I'm just saying like, obviously oh, that can be, that, exi- that can be oh, done okay. to things. I see what you're saying. Because otherwise nothing would be safe. Can you imagine that? I put a bit of my soul into this random egg. Like there's only death eaters and good citizens. But what if there was just like your average criminal and he could just be like Accio Rolex, Accio other people's stuff constantly. <laughs> like, That's my favorite spell. Accio other people's stuff. Oh, there's so much other people's stuff here. Oh, this is great being a thief in the wizarding world. Yeah, for real. I'm not a death eater. So nobody arrest me ever. Any whoozle. Um, yeah, so he, what did I say? Oh, they, first we get to see the scene where they choose their particular dragon. Um, and Hermione's really worried about Harry. She goes in the tent. Rita takes a photo of her hugging him, which is mm. eventually publicized and turned into a fake love triangle between Crumb, him and her. I, again, this is just, uh, more evidence that Harry and Hermione have way more chemistry. They do. It's, it's insane. They do. <laughs> but it, honestly, Emma Watson. Like, I believe their friendship so much more. I'll tell you why. Emma Watson carries this movie. Like every emotion that she conveys is so genuine. And like, as soon as I'm about to just laugh and ridicule the movie completely, she comes up on screen with like some legitimate reaction that like brings the heart back into it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, you know, whatever. It's just like, she's my uh, surrogate for like having emotion in this film. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think Emma sense. Watson crushes it in this movie. Yeah. She's really good in this one. Um, but yeah, they get to pull out the, the bag of drags as I call it bag of drags, And we get the Chinese fireball, the Swedish short snout, the Welsh green, the Hungarian horn tail, which all together like that sound like some obscure sex moves. Like, you know, uh, retroactively they are now. I give her the old <laughs> Swedish short, short snout all the time. Mm. The old wife, <laughs> you ready to feel Swedish short snout. what else do I get? <laughs> Wait, what? I need more. That's the best you can do. I, give me the horn tail. I Again? I don't have that in me. <laughs> uh, and then Harry fights the dragon. In the book, I think there were like real eggs in the dragon's den. And one of the contestants like broke the real eggs and got docked points. Um, Karkaroff's teeth. How do you feel about those? Gross. I, I don't know about you, but personally, I felt like it'd be rather simple to, with magic, Take care of some rotting teeth. Yeah. If you can take care of glasses with a swish and flick. Yeah. You can take care of some plaque. Teeth a low repairo. Yeah. Teeth a low cleano. It was just like one of those things like, hey, this guy mm. that we have dedicated all of 30 seconds of screen time to 
He's the red herring bad guy. How can we make him look even more evil? Let's give him bad teeth. Futs up his teeth. Mm-hmm. That's not- how you know. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, make him like a Rasputin-y looking dude. And then I have in uh, parentheses, George parentheses Fred cheering the dragon, which I thought was really funny. Because like when the dragon flies off to kill Harry, they're like, yeah, yeah go dragon. Get him. <laughs> Nobody fuck, likes him. Fuck Harry Potter up. Maybe he was legit, like supporting his brother and he was legitimately mad at Harry. Harry Potter stinks. Uh, and the audience just. Actually, I could see Fred and George were the ones that made those pins. Yeah. Just I as can, a joke. Yeah. I can actually see that. It's very. It's actually yeah. funny because in the book, Harry uh, wins the Triwizard. There's money. Like there's a bunch of money as part of the Triwizard winnings. And he splits, he tries to split it with Cedric Diggory's family and they refuse. And so he gives all of it to Fred and George. To start their uh, To fund their business, yeah. Um, But it'd be funny if like secretly they made the pens and they were like, oh, thanks. Harry ironically gave us all the money to recoup those pens we put all that money into. (laughs) Let's make more. Those things sold. (laughs) Those things sold like hotcakes. They're they're entrepreneurs, baby. They they don't look at a good, uh, they don't take a, I can't talk. They do not take any opportunities that aren't worth money. That's right, baby. Follow Holy uh, fuck. Follow Fred and what George on Etsy. to me just now? <laughs> I've been doing that the whole time. Uh, it's probably the midsummer. It's just, we watched that earlier as well. And it's like, ooh, messed my brain up. Uh, but I like the idea that the audience can't see shit in any of these contests. No. Like Harry just flies away. They're all just sitting there awkwardly like, hmm. What do you think they're doing? And then the next one's underwater and they're sitting at the surface like, hmm. What do you think they're doing? And the there? other one's at a maze and they can't see anything there either. That's something cool's happening in that maze. Oh boy. Definitely no one get, get, getting killed. I'm glad that we stopped classes so that I would be forced to stand out here and watch this cool ass water. <laughs> I didn't even know we had this lake. This school is amazing. Can you imagine you're a first year student? Like I've been taught nothing. I'm just outside looking at water. Have you been learning a lot of things in <laughs> class, honey? Not really. No. Harry Potter seems like a dick. He he put his name in the Goblet of Fire and <laughs> he stinks. That's <laughs> yeah, all I've learned this year. I got this button. <laughs> stinks. I've only learned something in propaganda class this year. <laughs> anyway. Only the message is important. But I don't really need to learn. I'm just a, I'm a dog. I'm just a the dog. I got my letter from Hogwarts. Do we have any listeners I'm huff, left? I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I just checked. We lost 200 patrons. <sighs> Or we got more, baby. You say that, but I'm sure like we're going to email like more Pip and the dog at Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a really boring contest for the audience. Uh, but Harry Potter's like, by the way, he always tries to purport that he's not like a douche. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want any, I don't want any praise. I don't want any attention. I just, the people heap it on me. I don't want it. Cut to him on everybody's shoulders, lofting the egg. Are you entertained? (laughs) Do you want to touch it? (laughs) Like, what is going on right now? Do you want me to open it? I am the boy who lived. Who wants to touch me? I am the boy who rizzed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like that one. Yes. I'm the boy who rizzed. Okay. <laughs> you, you sold me on that one. I got to work that into TikTok somehow. It's going to do gangbusters um, with the wrong kind of people. Uh, uh, Parvati, I seized it again. Parvati and Padma risen on Harry. The the sisters, they keep walking by. They keep like, what's up, Harry? Um, the Patil sisters? Yes. And Seamus kisses the egg, which I thought was strange. Did you notice that? 
Oh, he that he that kid knows how to kiss a Blarney Stone. He's going to kiss that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since he turned that water into scotch or whatever he was doing, just can't stop kissing everything. I just want more. You're going to get expelled, Seamus. I want another whole series of movies that just follow Seamus and his like party boy antics. I've been trying to kiss Mrs. Norris <laughs> for like 30 years. It's just like any movie about Seamus at Hogwarts is just a frat house party. And like, it's him like TPing Slytherin. And then like, he's just like, Oh, Seamus is like With uh, his wand exploding. Uh, Ron apologizes already in this scene with no real, I felt like provocation. Like there was no impetus for his apology. It was just like, I'm done being mad. I was a douche. And Harry's like, yeah, but you were a douche. The plot, the plot also realizes this bit is tired. Yes. <laughs> I was exhausted of it. They knew. Uh, and this is the note where I put that Emma Watson's carrying this movie. Cause I think it's when he returns safely from the, from the dragon. She's she, when she jumps and cheers, it's like, I felt that I'm like, I'm happy to Hermione. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Ron at the breakfast getting uh, really hideous robes as a gift from his mother, Molly. Yeah. He thinks they're for Jenny and everybody starts laughing like nobody. Those are dress robes for a dude for you, my friend. Even Fred and George are like, oh my God, those are terrible. We didn't get those. No. Why are you getting them? <laughs> she must hate you. Why? Is this penance for when you stole the car? Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to uh, Professor McGonagall. I thought every character in this movie. Maybe, I'd be damned if Gryffindor kids yeah. aren't throwing the riz on the dance floor at the Yule Ball. <laughs> what is with this? It's time for a little well-mannered frivolity. I'm going to make sure you kids get some this year. By the, by the way, it is a dance and everybody gets upset and she's like, we have had, uh, don't besmirch the name of Godric Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor could get it. They called him Godric Rizendor. They got it, got it, Grizzly. <laughs> that was better than what I was going to say. <laughs> and then more alliteration. She's like, don't be out there like a bunch of babbling, bumbling band of baboons. You're going to be a... You're going to be a bunch of uh, silly little swans and and the, and the men are going to be lordly lions. And I lost my mind at lordly lions. I'm like, holy shit, the alliteration. What is going on? She loves it. And I love how they cut to Fred and George were like, say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> Bumbling buffoon. Bumbling, babbling band of baboons. Uh, and then she's like, we're going to teach you how to dance. Filch, drop that beat. All right. <laughs> Filch on Wet the ones and pussy. twos. <laughs> <laughs> You've been messing with some wet ass Mrs. Norris. <laughs> That's my favorite song. Some wet ass Norris. <laughs> I can't breathe. Mm. Mrs. Norris knows all about that song. I play it every night for her. Some wet ass Norris. Yeah. We like to get crunk up in my dorm room. Filch on the ones and twos. You know, they called me the original Rizza. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that's funny or just we're done forever. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Um, and yeah, then he's going to come back like, we don't have a show anymore. Andy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What ass Norris? That's all I can say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made sure to say it four times. <laughs> and then uh, I did a creepy noise. Uh, 
then we cut to nobody can dance really well. We cut to everybody's looking for a date and it really takes the, the whole Yule ball is a huge part of the book, which is the longest up to this point by far. Um, as far as pages word count. And so there's time for it in the book. And, uh, but it's one of the shorter movies, which is ironic. Um, but yeah, so they're all for a huge chunk of this time, just looking for dates and worried about that kind of stuff. They're on the prowl. And Ron says, blimey, Harry, you slay dragons. If you can't get a date, you can. You slay dragons. You better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, we cut to Hagrid. He's like flirting with Madame Maxon. Started talking about how tiny his dad was. And then he's, <laughs> he's really, you know, charming her up. Right. And all of a sudden he's like, ah, but he's dead. That was really sad. And I had to do it all myself. Anyway, what about you? Uh, so he I'm killed- not small like him. Nah. <laughs> he- wink. <laughs> wink. But he, you know, he killed the moment. Uh, all the girls, there's like 13 girls chasing Victor Crumb as he's awkwardly exercising. He just like stretches his thighs three times and then walks away. Like he that's, knows what he's doing. That, that's, that's his, uh, but he's not, it's not like hoochie daddy season out there. He's not wearing short shorts. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, you think so? That's Victor Crumb. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's not very bright. Famously. He's he's at least Victor Crumb is he's famously at least dumb. 25. He's been held back several years. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then, so they're all kind of whispering in Snape's class during an exam, talking about the dates. Snape repeatedly the assaults hall, the children. They? I, I guess there's, that's like a, like a, what's it called in America when we do those like core tests when we do oh, like, yeah, like the, the scan tri- Yeah. Not t- college entrance tests, but like those quarterly, like yeah. state tests. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me, but he's like moderating it, their corner and he keeps physically assaulting them. <laughs> Just hitting him with a book. Which I think corporal punishment is okay in a lot of like boarding schools and stuff. Yeah, he just can't turn them into weasels. That's fine. Not morally okay. I just mean like it's literally happening and nothing anybody can do. Because the, the, <laughs> the nuns and their rulers. Yeah, with yeah. the knuckles and whatnot. Yeah. He could just slamming their heads in the desk like, obviously, shut up. He like, <laughs> he just like kicked a kid in the groin at one point. <laughs> Fred or George instantly gets a date just by throwing a piece of paper at a, at a woman or a young lady and being like, you, me dance and she's like oh for sure okay and, right. and ron being right. the thick-headed asshole that he is he's like hermione you're a girl and she's like well spotted uh and he's like it's okay for a bloke to show up alone but if a girl shows up without a date that's really embarrassing that's ron his way of sucks. asking her yeah. ron sucks <laughs> he's the worst yeah, that's fair and she gets really upset and says, I'll have you know, I already have a date, by the way. Um, and he's like, do you think she's telling the truth? She's mental. She's mental. Once I make my move, <laughs> I'm free to get a date. Um, <laughs> Snape continues assaulting them. This one is comic. He just like rolls up, slowly rolls up each sleeve and then gives him a good wallop. Harry runs into Cho at the rookery. He's like, ah, oh, there's a lot of shit in here. You ever notice that? And she's like, I did. Speaking I'm of leaving. which, <laughs> he asks her to go to the Yule Ball with him awkwardly, and she very apologetically declines. Uh, Ron asks Fleur, and that's a hilarious exchange. Fleur de la Cour. Everybody's uh, shocked that he asked, asked her. Like, everybody's, he's famous for trying. He actually did it. And she's like, did she say yes? Is what Hermione says. And everybody's like, <laughs> no. no. What, what the hell? What is that? What kind of question is that? Uh, but he's, he, t- he kind of screamed it at her. I think you freaked her out. Like, <laughs> just, I can just picture him. Be like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, cut to him trying to dress. Cause after Harry decides to ask the, the Patel sisters, obviously. Um, and, and Ron's trying on the, those ceremonial robes. I look like my great aunt Tessie. 
I smell like my great aunt Tessie. And because Harry looks like really good. He's got like a tuxedo robe thing going on. And Ron's like shocked. Like, what the fuck are those? That's what they look like on everyone else. Why, why are you going to let your boy wear those, Harry? Yeah, just You're Elon Musk. Molly's not going to know. Like, hey, I bought two. Molly's, go, not, Molly's not going to know he didn't wear his, his his robes. What a douche move. Look out for him. I love this, Steve. Did you catch Filch dancing with Mrs. Norris? I did. It was amazing. Even this, though she had like those demon eyes. This is the best day of my life. I love hitting. No, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a pretty good dancer. He is. He Only was, Mrs. Norris knows. He was cutting a rug, that Filch. <laughs> and there's a really extended, frustrating scene, a sequence of scenes where Ron gets really jealous of Victor and they're him and Harry both are shitty to their dates. Um, uh, Parvati gets, I think it's Parvati gets, why, uh, why is Harry kind of shitty to them? Is he also kind of like upset that Hermione's hanging out with Victor? Or is it I think different? Harry's just distracted on like saving the world stuff, mystery stuff. Yeah. And Ron's really jealous of Hermione is the vibe I got. Like, okay. but they're both assholes, right? Right. Uh, very, um, noncommittal ignoring their dates. Um, and there's a lot more book stuff that goes on in this scene. I think this is the real scene where we, Harry eavesdrops on, um, Igor Karkarov and, um, Mad-Eye talking, not Mad-Eye and Snape talking about Death Eater stuff that happens later in the, in the movie, but it happens right now in the books. Um, and anyway, after the dance, everybody gets mad Ron's really shitty to Hermione and she, she kind of lets him know how she feels. Like, why don't you just ask me next time before someone else? You've ruined everything, she's, Ron. She's, yeah, you've ruined everything. She had, she had a Beauty and the Beast moment. And in the book, she like magically makes her teeth smaller and she changes her hair a bunch. Um, but in the movies, she just looks the same, but with her hair up slightly. And everybody's like, oh my she God, Emma Watson. look at her. Right. <laughs> Doesn't have the same effect as it does in the book. Um, but then we cut to, uh, Harry having another dream, which is like another version of the same vision mm. of that house with Nagini and stuff. Um, and then Neville shows up like he's been out all night. Like I just got back. I had a great time. I've been partying. I did something called ecstasy. Have you heard of this Harry? And Harry's like, I don't know what that is. He's like, anyway, I didn't know you were cool. <laughs> I can, I learned how to finger dance. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, again, audio listeners, he just did a finger dance. <laughs> uh, Cedric's uh, Cedric's clue is fucking terrible. By the way, he comes up to Harry and he's like, look, man, I never thanked you for telling me literally exactly to the, t to the T. You, you, you didn't make a meal of it. You just say about, you were like, Hey, dragons. Yeah. You told there, me there will be them. So in order to reciprocate and thank you for that, why don't you take the egg to the prefect's bathroom, take a bath, wink, wink, make sure it's real hot. No, just tell me what the content. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's not a reciprocating at all. He's like, Cedric's like looking around his shoulder, making sure no one can hear him. Like, mm, <laughs> anyone? Hey, bath time. Exactly. Rub a dub dub, baby. And so he forces Harry to go up to a very inappropriate and horny moaning Myrtle ghost. Oh my God. What is wrong with that woman? This made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Just watching school people in the bath. That's what Myrtle does. <laughs> there wasn't as many bubbles. <laughs> I like it more when Cedric's here. Uh, oh, no, she liked it more when Harry was there. You think so? She's got it. She is thirsty. <laughs> Moaning Myrtle is thirsty for that Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That Harry P. Ron <laughs> That's a shockingly good and uncomfortably good <laughs> Moaning Myrtle, Steve. Uh, 
where are my notes here? I'm getting distracted by that really good moaning Myrtle impersonation. <laughs> but basically he just puts the fucking thing in the bathtub and he hears, you know, that it's like a, the underwater song clue. Because the shrieking that he's been hearing is... Come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot sing above the ground. Mm-hmm. An hour long, you'll have to look to recover what we took. So now he's panicking because, he, you know, he's talking to Harry and Hermione. And he's like, I can't... Or talking to Ron and Hermione. I can't hold my water for under... Hold my breath. I can't, I can't, I can't hold my hold water. My, I will piss <laughs> everywhere. I will piss in that lake. <laughs> I'm terrified. And everyone's going to make fun of me. I can't hold my breath underwater for an hour. Uh, and before they get a chance to research, Mad Eye Moody comes up and he's like, hey, you two are requested because they're, obviously they're going to be, uh, you know, two of the the, the MacGuffins underwater. Uh, and and then Mad Eye, I think, says, hey, why don't you talk to Neville? And then Neville gives him the clue about the gillyweed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's, that's, that's where we're at there. Because uh, Mad Eye Moody kind of gave... Neville the book because he knows Neville's super into Correct. herbology and all that kind of stuff. But it was all to lead to this moment. Yeah. Because Barty Crouch Jr. is a genius baby. Um, but in the books, it's uh, Dobby that gives Harry Potter the gillyweed. Mm. Like literally. I'm glad they made that change. Harry he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, I hate Dobby. <laughs> Harry has no idea how he's going to survive this challenge until Dobby shows up out of nowhere. Like, mm, I got you some weed, Harry Potter. Does some- Harry Potter want some weed? Mm. <laughs> I've got a new business. Not that I'm free. Harry- Dobby is free to sell weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cron diggity, Harry Potter. Only the stickiest of the icky for you. <laughs> and then he hits his head on the table. <laughs> Dobby had to stop selling quack. Um, Do you wanna- <laughs> what, was, what was that term in Shaun of the Dead? Do you want a Henry? Yeah, an Henry. <laughs> it's an eighth, baby. Um, anyway, in the books, in the movie, Neville helps. He gets the gillyweed. He takes it. Mad-Eye slaps him on the back. He starts growing gills underwater. By the way, everybody who was captured is just everyone Harry cares about and yeah. Fleur's sister. Because uh, it's like Cho Chang, Hermione, and Ron. One of these are not like the other. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then Harry tries to rescue both, but like the little mer people are like, no. I'll stab you in the fucking throat, kid. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Um, but he waits to see if Fleur's little sister is going to be rescued. Uh, but Fleur had already been taken out. Uh, by the way, we got an email pointing this out. But he, she who must not be named is a quote unquote famous feminist, right? But there's only one female contestant in the Triwizard Tournament. And she comes in last place in every single challenge and doesn't finish most of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only three, but it's like, oh. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was something that an email that we got. Um, but yeah, and th- everything's all bouncing around my head is how it happens in the books. Cause it's out of order. I think Harry ends up fighting the Grindy Lows earlier. Um, but essentially he, he rescues floor and Ron uh, and his skills start to go away. Right. As he's about to uh, get back out. Cause he was standing there waiting to make sure everybody was going to get rescued. Cause he's such a good person. Um, but eventually he gets him out, says Ascendio, and shoots up out of the water. Um, I love the line from Hermione where he's like, I got last place though. And she's like, no, you didn't because Fleur never got past Zigrendilos. Like, like making fun of her accent. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. She is kind of throwing some stank on yeah. that. Zigrendilos. She didn't get past Zigrendilos. Um, I don't know why I did a German accent there, but whatever. I'm not good at accents. Uh, so like if... <sighs> If Harry didn't save Fleur's sister, right, would her sister have just died? And I, they're like, oh, well, them's I, the Triwizard Tournaments. I don't think so. 
But I mean, they say people can die in these challenges because I thought the same thing in the maze. I looked at my wife and I was like, if Harry hadn't saved Cedric from those vines, he would be alive. You know what I mean? Um, And she's like, well, the vines would have killed him. And I'm like, I don't think they would. Cause Flora was like all wrapped up in that shit and she's fine. Yeah. I mean, he threw the sparks up, I guess you could argue, but he could just spark it up again and go mm-hmm. grab. <laughs> I'm smoking some of Dobby's weed. <laughs> you want to spark it up with Dobby? <laughs> hey, you want some nasty weed? <laughs> <laughs> some of that wacky tobacco? Um, we have way off the rails. Andy. Andy, we need you. Um, <laughs> Where am I at? He's on not this? listening. No, <laughs> begging you to listen to the show, Andy. So he's, uh, yeah, he gets Flora's little sister. Flora's super grateful. She kisses Harry and Rod, like, you helped, right? And he's like, eh, a bit. <laughs> he was unconscious the whole time. Yeah. Um, I have goofy shit with Barty Crouch as a note. I'm not sure why. Um, Oh, uh, so Barty, th- there's this weird thing. There's this moment where Barty Crouch and them talked about each other, and I forget what Harry mentioned something to Barty Crouch, and that seems to elicit some sort of response to him. And he's like, "I have to go," and he goes off into the woods, seemingly to take care of something that he just thought of. But then we don't see him again because he's dead. Next well, we see scene. we find the body immediately after that scene. Yeah, it's like really lamely done. He sees the like the bowler hat, and then the body of Barty Crouch, and that's when Dumbledore begs Fudge to cancel the tournament. We've just found literally a dead person. Um, uh, Fudge is like, "I'm not a coward." Very prominent member of the community. Uh, he tells Harry to get some uh, licorice snaps. Be careful; they have a bite to them, which is ironic because they're like literally licorice creatures that bite Harry. Yeah. For some reason, Harry wanted to take like thirty-seven of them instead of having one. Like somebody's got a bowl of candy, and they're like, "Hey, I'll be right back. Once you grab yourself a piece of candy, you don't just fill your pockets with the candy." I mean, you might. If you're a piece of shit like Harry, well, I mean, you do. depending on how some people trick uh, trick or treat, they would take the whole bowl. That's fair. Harry's one of those confirmed. He's one of those people. But There's I guess a sign that says take one. Harry Potter don't care. He's taking them all. No, you shouldn't. These are all free, baby. Uh, and I guess Dumbledore is such a genius that he knew that the licorice snaps would lead Harry to discovering the Pensieve, um, which is a really good name because it's all it's a sieve, but it's like a play on the word pensive. Yeah, really good. I invented it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he sees the memory, the memory worm of Karkaroff's trial. Um and there's a guy named Evan Rosier that he's the one that took Mad-Eye Moody's eye. Um, and we see Barty Crouch is like the arbiter of this trial. And he's, uh, it's just kind of like the McCarthyism. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? But of yeah, death like eaters. Spanish Inquisition type yeah. thing. They're all wearing funny hats. Uh, trying to funnel all the supporters of Voldemort out and Karkaroff. Is this, is this where we learned that uh, Snape was a death eater? It is. So, yeah. some uh, Is it Carcroft that's like, oh, Snape, he's a Death Eater. And yeah, and Dumbledore, Dumbledore rolls his eyes. Uh, actually, he's really cool, and <laughs> he, he's a good friend of mine. He so was Nick. a Death Eater, but then he, at great risk to himself, became a spy for our side, um, which is a good tidbit about the history of Snape. But then he says, Barty Crouch Jr., in a very dramatic way. And then he David Barty Ten- Crouch Jr. And then David Tennant leaps up like, I'm evil. Well, he tried to like, ooh, I better, yeah, better I step on out. here. And, and that's when he gets all snaky. But he gets got by Mad-Eye Moody. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, this is all, I learned it from you, dad. And he gets put in Azkaban. <laughs> 
Uh, and then Karkaroff and Severus are just showing off their tattoos in the closet, which is interesting. Like, hey, look at mine. It's glowing. It's like, oh, really? Mm. Where'd you get yours done? I got mine touched up over the summer. No, mine's just a stick and poke. I did it myself because I was one of the first Death Eaters. Oh, dude, you're so cool. <laughs> and Harry's like standing. Of course, it's fucking Harry of all people. Like, what's up? Uh, talking about your weird cult shit. And we've had a bunch of references to Polyjuice Potion throughout this movie. Like the first time I think is Moaning Myrtle. She tells Harry that she was bouncing around the pipes and she saw some uh, Polyjuice Potion sitting there. Yeah. Uh, and then now uh, uh, Snape accuses Harry of stealing from his like his, herb stores. Yeah. It's a very rare herb that Gilly weed. I'm also missing some uh, pig testicles and I'm, <laughs> all my fun shit. I'm missing, I'm missing a whole bunch of weed. Don't tell me it was that house elf. Cause I know it was you that stole it. <laughs> and uh, he threatens him with Veritas serum, three drops of this and would have, uh, what do you say? Voldemort himself or something like that. I think, yeah, he wouldn't use, I, I don't think down. he would use, Oh yeah. I think he says, you know who himself, whatever it would, it would work on anybody. That's how powerful it is. Uh, but he's like, which you can, you're not allowed to use Veritas serum on children, which is regrettably forbidden. Uh, I do like that little line that he said. I loved it. Unfortunately. But you might just find a few drops of this dropped into your pumpkin juice. Anyway, so he threatened, he basically accuses Harry of stealing from his herb stores. Um, so, and, but because those are all the ingredients that he mentions that are in polyjuice potion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's the second mention of polyjuice potion. Um, and then we cut to the final obstacle in the Triwizard Tournament, the final game, which is the, the maze. It's a maze. To get the trophy at the end. I don't a know maze. how the rules work. So we find out Harry's in second place or something, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the point system is, though. Because, like, Flora's still in it, but she didn't even complete the second challenge. Um, well, she's in last. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> what are the points for the cup? Because they say whoever grabs the cup wins. And it's like, no. What about the points from the last two well, games? The, the points uh, is, dictates who goes in what order into the maze. Right. So, Oh, yeah, so that's all. The first two games were literally just to see who has the, the only one that matters is the maze. Yeah. Interesting. So if floor had grabbed the cup, she would have been the de facto winner. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Okay. So we get to the maze um, and, and the hedges start to collapse on Cedric. It's interesting. There's a lot of obstacles in the books that aren't in the maze in the movies. Like they really gave us the short shrift on this maze. Yeah. This maze is just, just a regular ass maze. Some with, vines and hedges. Vines. In the books, there's like a blast ended scroots, I think they're called. But like you see Hagrid raising these like pretty dangerous, tiny little dragon things throughout the whole book. And they're, they end up being a huge part of the maze. One of the obstacles, at least uh, there's a Sphinx, I think, as I recall in the maze in the books, uh, but it's real boring in the movie. Um, but the hedges collapse on Cedric uh, crumb, somebody imperious cursed crumb. And he's running around like he straight up blast floor and she gets taken by vines um and he tries to get cedric but cedric like expelliarmus's crumb and i think it looked like crumb was going to use the avada kedavra curse yeah it's it like some green shot out uh but i i suppose he spoke the bulgarian version which begs the question in other languages like does the what you say actually even matter because every language would have their own spell oh, that's a good question um but harry ends up saving cedric from the vines um after a really considering not saving him, <laughs> yeah, he really is like mm, made a meal of that. Like, how cool uh, am I? Mm. Uh, but turns out the, the, the trophy is a port key. It teleports them to uh, the riddle household, at least the riddle graveyard. Graveyard. Yeah. And uh little ugly baby Voldemort's there being carried by PP. <laughs> ugly baby, but Voldemort bumper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Voldemort returns uh, after, Kill the spare. Kill the spare. Immediately a vodka diver. Vodka diver. 
on Cedric Diggory. Poor Cedric. That was sad, man. Yeah, he didn't. He had no idea what he was in for. No, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's like, Harry, you just grab it because, you know, you saved me. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. No, we'll let's do it together. it together. Not a good idea. Nope. Poor Harry. I mean, literally, Cedric does nothing, too. Like, it was just, it was a needless death, right? He just showed up. Hey, where are we dead? It's not like he's like the reason Harry's still alive or something at the end. Like, he just dies instantly. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. But it's the first, like, weighty death uh, of any kind in this whole franchise. Like, I remember reading the books as a kid. I was like, oh, shit, somebody's dead? After, I mean, Barty Crouch died, but it's like, man, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Uh, they don't even kill the troll that breaks into the school, you know? Mm-mm. Nobody dies. They just put the troll in the dungeon. Yeah. Just thought you should know. <laughs> I should know. Uh, but it takes uh, uh, the unwilling, what does he say? Like a bone of the father, a father unwillingly, uh, the, the flesh of the servant sacrificed, cuts his hand off into the cauldron. His whole ass hand. The blood of the enemy slightly taken. Just to prick, don't move. Slightly taken. He's just like, cuts yeah, off his whole fucking it, hand. Yeah, it's so funny. He, he literally just severs his own goddamn hand. He's like, okay, let me delicately, like, <laughs> let me get a little drop there. Thank you. And army me. It's going to sting a bit. <laughs> uh, and then bubbly, bubbly grows a Voldemort back from the bowl. I, I laughed so hard when he just, just unceremoniously dropped the baby d- thing just, in there. Just dumps baby Voldemort into the pot. <laughs> it looks so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me in, Wormtail. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I wasn't ready. Dip me. Oh, it's so, it's not hot enough. It's, it's tepid. Hurry up. <laughs> My skin's going to get all wrinkly and pruney. Um, oh, I did Barry Sanders again. Is one percenters always- Barry Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> That's his brother. That's a very different person. That's a baseball player. <laughs> Barry Sanders again. This whole podcast is a wash. We'll be back next week. Um, but yeah, a whole bunch of shit happens. He grows. Uh, and my my wife was like, God, I love the actor who plays um, Voldemort. And a big shout out to Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes does amazing. an incredible job. This is another one of those like awesome I think it was like scenes. his niece or something that convinced him to take this role. Like he wasn't going to. There's a lot of children convincing adults yeah. to take on very lucrative roles in, in <laughs> yeah. this franchise. It's going to be fucking Voldemort or whatever that. Oh, yes, you are. You want me to play a, a guy named Dumbledore? <laughs> nah. Stupid. I'm not going to do it like it is in a book. I'm not going to read. <laughs> I'm Michael Gambon. I don't read. I am not going to read. Right? Unless it's in a script form and my name's above it. Mm-hmm. I ain't reading it. Highlighted? I, <laughs> I assume yeah. their lines are highlighted, right? I have an assistant do that for me. Because <laughs> aren't they given different like colors? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into that in the uh, BTS section on the Patreon. Um, but yeah, so here, uh, Voldemort pops up and then he calls... Uh, all of his previous servants, right? By touching, it's really funny at first because he's like, give me your arm, PP, and uh, <laughs> Wormtail. And he's like, oh, thank you, my Lord. Cause he thinks he's going to grow his hand back. And then he's like, no, the other one, idiot. You dummy. And he, and he just touches his tattoo to, to call all of his other servants back. I thought it was really lame. Uh, I'd never noticed this before. Uh, every servant that shows up is just the father of every kid we already hate. Yeah, Crab, Goyle. Crab, Goyle, McNair, Lucius Malfoy. I'm like, oh, that's just the crew of kids we hate. That makes sense. Seamus' dad? What are you doing here? <laughs> oh, sorry. I just got the fucking cold. I was in for a shock when I found out I was a Death Eater. I didn't even know. <laughs> I just got this cool-ass fucking tattoo. I'll be leaving now. 
<laughs> they just leave. I wasn't even wearing these robes. How did I get in these? <laughs> so were these guys just like hanging out at home wearing their dumb robes? And then they're like, yeah, any minute, any minute now. They're cooking a Salisbury steak TV dinner. About to watch some Stranger Things season two. Episode seven, probably. Greg Goyle, if you don't stay here and talk about these issues, I'm leaving you. Yes, honey, we have to. Guys, ah! <laughs> they they see their they feel their arm light up and they just apparate mm. to to wherever the, they got the call. I don't know how it works. I'm not a Death Eater, um, but yeah, exactly what a Death Eater would say. Then he does grow uh, Wormtail's hand back. Uh, he puts his nasty feet on Cedric's face, and Harry's like, "Ooh, stop that." You get your feet off him. He's because Voldemort's like handsome boy. Oh, I thought I forgot you were here, Harry Potter. Mm, is this the guy from Twilight? Hello, big, big fan of his work. Hello. Uh, <laughs> is that Voldemort just introducing himself? Yeah. Hello. Tim doing his Celebrimbor impersonation. Hello. And then, uh, you know, he's he kind of toys with Harry. Uh, you know, like he should have killed him immediately in hindsight while he was tied to the, uh, like, what's it called? What's a headstone? It's not really a yeah, headstone. It's, it's more like yeah, a kind of monument. Yeah. His, I like how his dad has like a grim reaper statue over his grave. Like that family sucked. You can tell. Yep. Um, but he, and he has like a forked tongue and stuff like the character design of Voldemort is really cool. Uh, but he tells them, and I, I think this is the first time they talk about it in the movies. Maybe Dol- Voldemort or Dumbledore had mentioned it. But he says, like, you know why Harry beat me? Because his mother, Lily, uh, used a powerful ancient magic to protect him, you know, by sacrificing himself. She used the sacrifice of love, right? Uh, he crucios Harry, uh, which is very intense for a young man, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, he, you know, he said, get your wand out. You know how to duel, don't you? You got to bow, all that stuff, toys with him a bunch. Not a good idea for a villain to do that, typically. Uh, Harry gets away a little bit, dodges a, a Nevada Kedavra. Uh, hits like the headstone as he ducks behind it. Then it's, uh, he decides, decides to be brave. Comes out and he's like, you know what? Expelliarmus! <laughs> right as Voldemort does his Avada Kedavra and their their twin wands connect and everyone that he's ever killed with that wand, I guess, starts popping out, at least if they know Harry. I would like to see other people he's murdered come out and go, who are you? <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh. <laughs> uh- it's just, yeah, the old guy from the beginning. <laughs> I did. You saw him. Oh, was that he? Was yeah. He? Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm 90% sure he's like one of the guys standing there. Um, maybe there's like a time limit on it. Like everybody. He's, no, because his parents are there too. Whatever. Some form of Cedric's like, take my body back. Did he put his feet on my face? Ew. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to bum rush this guy, Harry. No one puts their feet on Cedric Diggory's face and gets away with it. Cause they're like protecting him in this moment, I guess. After the connection's broken, he runs for the port key as instructed and grabs Cedric's body and uh, teleports it back. Everybody's like, yay, dead body. Harry, you did it. Cedric, <laughs> wake up. Yeah. That is like, don't a be really, a lazy bones. This is a r- really tough scene. It's I dark. Feel, Cause like, yeah, like you said, everyone's so happy. Like, yay, the Triwizard it's Tournament. It's floor that notices first. And th- just the slow realization that Cedric's dead and all that is like, ooh. Yeah. This is rough. Well, it's, it's, it's okay. Like floors screaming, Hag- Hagrid starts to stand up. Hermione comes running. But when Amos Diggory comes running down is when I started getting, I did, I cried. Boy. I cried. Yeah. He's, he's sobbing uncontrollably and uh, Mad-Eye Moody's like, you don't want to see this? Come follow me for no reason over here. And nothing bad will happen. And Harry's like, I, okay. Harry is weeping. Yeah, he's trying to cover the body of Cedric and Dumbledore tries to pull him off. Um, oh my God. 
And then we find out Mad-Eye Moody is is not who he says he is. He's starting to twitch. And anyway, what I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, you might not have remembered. I said something funny happened. Even though I've read this book several times, probably six or seven, and I've watched the movie a couple. Uh, This particular movie, I'm not a huge fan of, so I've only watched it a few times. But it's been a long time. I fucking forgot that's not actually Mad-Eye Moody. Did you really? Yeah. Until even this, I, even I knew that. Until this moment when he's like blah, 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 starts bubbling a little bit, and then like looking for a potion, I was like, "Oh yeah," because I love this character so much. And technically, we haven't met him yet. Yeah. And like, I can assume he did a very accurate. Uh, I text Andy like, "There's a plot hole, bro," because like, Mad Eye Moody acts the same from here on out. We only see him a few times in like Order of the Phoenix and stuff, but we do see him a little bit. And Andy's like, no, he was doing a very genius spot on impersonation. So good that even Dumbledore was fooled. So that is in fact how Mad-Eye Moody behaves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, touche, Andy. Well done. Touche. Well I like the, how I talked to Andy so much today that it's almost like he's here. He, he's a hero spirit. <laughs> he's he's the, 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 the wand spirits. The, there's an Andy version of that. Yeah, he comes out. Right now. <laughs> we have to run for the port key and Andy's going <laughs> to help us get to it. <laughs> Um, but but I, the, yeah, the only visual tell that uh, he's not the real Mad Eye Moody is he does that weird uh, lip, tongue out thing, tongue out lip thing that uh, Barty Crouch Jr. does. I don't like it. Not a big fan. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, he's the one that's been stealing the Polyjuice potion, and uh, he has to keep Moody alive so he can keep pulling like hairs off of him. I would guess to make mm-hmm. the potion. Um, now, how he bested him, I don't know. Flask is that he keeps taking shots of throughout the movie. Do you know how Barty Crouch Jr. escaped from Prisione, my friend? No. Uh, in the books, it is talked about. In the movies, it is not. Uh, his mother was deathly ill and dying, like terminally ill, I believe. So she goes to visit him in Azkaban and trades places with him somehow, magically. Dang. And like willingly? Yes, willingly trades places with him to get her son out and then dies as him and the death eaters are, they don't really have eyeballs or anything. They can just sense like the spirit died that was in that cell or whatever. So they're like, Oh, I guess, I guess he's dead. Oh no. He flatlined. I like little junior. He I, was a nice little boy. Well, he was like 30. Oh, they, he's, that's still young. But dementor wise. Yeah. 30 is the new town. How old are we? Oh, we're ancient. Yeah. I rem- <sighs> you see these robes? They didn't look like this when we first bought them. We've been here a while. No, no, no. Very long time. You know what my favorite show is, by the way? What's that? Honey Boo Boo. Oh, you love Honey Boo Boo? I do. I love Will and Grace. Do you really? As a Dementor? Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. I didn't think that'd be your thing. I love that Leslie Jordan in there. You know what I like too? Survivor. You like Survivor? Yeah, season 12 only. Oh, Oh, you know what? I bounced out after season six. (laughs) It just got got too sexualized. (laughs) Did it? I didn't like the gratuitousness. Of Did it. it really? You're thinking about naked and afraid, which typically. Oh, you know what? I am. Yeah. Those people were naked and very afraid. I wish they were more afraid. To be honest with you, you know they were afraid of my kisses. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Barty Crouch, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him in that. Dementor I forgot kiss. we were talking about Barty Crouch. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we just have so much fun here at Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the normal stuff. Uh, yeah. So, uh, as the Dementors were saying, he, he Just broke another thousand listeners. He broke out with his mom there. And so that's what happened. That's dark. And ended up killing his dad there. So that's dark. I don't know how he got the best of Mad-Eye Moody though. Um, so we find out he's been behind everything this whole time. Uh, and then Snape and Dumbledore bust in and grab, you know, save Harry from Mad-Eye Moody just then. 
they, dude, he poured so much fucking Veritas serum in Moody's mouth. He's like three drops. And then he's like, <laughs> what the hell, dude? Shot, 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 <laughs> shot, 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 shot. He's like, put some in his belly button. <laughs> do it, Moody. I've been waiting to do this all year. Body shots. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, are you mad at Moody? Dumb questions, obviously, right? No. Is he alive? He's in, he's in this room. Uh, so you find him in the in the box. Michael Gammon doing way too much there. And we find out it's David Tennant. It's Barty Crouch Jr. Um, and then Dumbledore spills the Dark Lord's beans. He tells the entire school, even though Fudge would like me not to say that, Voldemort's back. He's the whole reason that Twilight Rizzo tournament sucked. Usually it's awesome. Just want to throw that out there, guys. Yeah, d- don't let this here fool you. Mm-mm. It's usually really cool. Hardly anyone dies. Yeah. Hardly, hardly anyone. anyone ever dies. There are dies. a few. <laughs> Uh, usually it's because of the maze, not because of a dark wizard. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the blast ended scroots. We just, if a kid's going to die in the triwizard tournament, we want him to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he says that the bonds of friendship we've made this year will be more important than ever. Um, and then Harry gives, um, no, that was a note I already talked about. And then, uh, he, Dumbledore explains to Harry that it was priori and cantatum. That's what saved him there. Uh, with the wands connecting there. And then everyone says goodbye. Uh, Hermione gives me another super funny moment. It's kind of poorly written or edited or both, but she's like, everything's going to change, isn't it? And it cuts to uh, like a mid close of Harry Potter. And he stands there. Daniel Radcliffe just holds it for a long time and then goes, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, that's pretty much the end of the movie. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah. The ending of this movie is, sort of deflated because uh, they really focus on the, the two schools leaving. And it's like kind of this hopeful, like we made friends this year at school. Yeah. But that's not the message of the, like it would be way better if they did more of like a empire that's strikes why back style ending where it's like really foreboding. Like, Oh thing. Everything is really going to change. Maybe like there's lightning and it's a thunderstorm. And in the she's, distance. But the, and she's like, you write to me every week. And Ron's like, definitely not doing that. Yeah. That was also <laughs> weird. We, we, if the friendships matter. Are you going to write me? No, you, you I know. suck. <laughs> I don't even know if I can read. <laughs> even though you could magically, you could easily write a letter. Like with a quick notes quill or something yeah. without any effort whatsoever. Still not going to do it. Yeah, you're right. That was so weird. Like we're going to, we're friends. We're going to write r- to each other. No, fuck <laughs> you, Hermione. <laughs> but, she's like, but I know Harry will. And he's like, yeah, definitely. And that's it. That's all we get. So weird. But I, that's when it called to my attention that like Harry and Hermione, or Ron and Hermione don't do anything in this movie. Like Ron's kind of like shitty a little bit, but like they don't help with, and they can't because they're not in the tournament, I guess. But like the whole conceit of this movie is why it's my, one of my lesser favorites, right? Because they don't get to be like a crew at all. They don't get to do anything. They don't even help him in this movie solve any of the puzzles. Like Cedric tells him that. Moaning Myrtle tells him that Mad Eyes, you know, Neville's doing this. Like yeah, they don't even help Ron him. told Seamus from <laughs> right. Dean. That was me. Tell- I told you about the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, we did get a couple of questions from Discord members, I think. Let me, let's me let check those out just to make sure we're not leaving anybody out before we wrap this up. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, where's my Discord at? There it is. Uh, we got a question from Kayla. Kayla. In the extended cut, we get to see the Hogwarts song being sung after the other two schools arrive and do their intros. Since everyone sings the Hogwarts uh, song to their own tune, what what would you sing it to? Fred and George are always last to finish singing since they sing to a funeral march. One of my favorite random facts. I actually, I wish Andy was here, Kayla. I didn't know this. Have you seen the extended cut of the song ever? No. What tune though, if you could imagine it? 
Uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Really? Yeah. Hogwarts is cool. Hogwarts is cool and it's really, really cool. Uh, it was formed a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I would rap it. You would rap it? That's what I would do, Kayla. I don't know the lyrics, but I, just give them to me someday. Can I Can I research the, it's the Hogwarts theme? Yeah, Hog, Hogwarts, Hogwarts uh, intro. School song. song. Yeah, it's like they're, uh, like if they had cheerleaders, I guess. What oh, they would okay. come out to there at, a, at a Quidditch game. There are. What there are the are lyrics? lyrics? Okay. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy Warty Hogwarts. No, it is not. Teach us something, please. Whether we be old and bald or young with scabby knees, our heads could do with filling with some interesting stuff. For now, they're bare and full of air, dead flies and bits of fluff. So teach us things worth knowing. Bring back what we forgot. Just do your best. We'll do the rest and learn until our brains all rot. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy Warty, Hogwarts. So now do that to Cotton Eye Joe. No. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Teach us something, please. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. I would still attempt. I would. I would. I would do a hip hop span if I could, Kayla. That's what. That's my answer to that. Uh, and our next question is: Patrick Doyle was the only composer from the Harry Potter franchise to only score one movie. John Williams composed the first three. Hooper composed five and six. And uh, Alexander Desplat, is that how you say that? Um, composed seven and eight. Uh, do you have a, fa it's Alexander, right? Because she only put Desplat. I, I don't know. I think it is. Anyway, did seven and eight. Do you have a favorite musical moment from the film? And do you think Doyle's classically inspired score stands out from the rest? I suppose... You do. That's why you're asking this. Uh, and do you think Hermione believed Harry when he said he didn't put his name in the goblet? If she did, why didn't she try to talk some sense into Ron? I feel like Hermione did. And I assume she did try to talk sense into him. It's just not shown in the movie. I think mostly that's evident in the whole scene where she's like, you're being stupid. Why are you guys fighting? Like, yeah, she hates the entire goings on of that argument as much almost as I do. Yeah. Cause she, she, <laughs> she Hermione is a smart woman. She's the greatest wizard of her age. Yeah. She knows this is all bullshit. She knew that unforgivable curses were called such because they're unforgivable. Yeah. You, you don't just know that a priori unless you're a genius. Right. Ron didn't know that. No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but as far as the score, I didn't notice anything particular in this film that stood out. Um, like I, I do think it's a little uglier than a lot of the other movies as far as how it's shot. Um, some of the shots were good, like the, the Mad-Eye Moody school or the cruise, you know, the unforgivable curse scene. I really like that whole set piece. That whole sequence there is really well done. Um, and some of the, even the effects, like the CGI, like the, the, the world cup seemed a little kind of like shitty to me. The port keys goofy. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm shitting on it right now, but I, I don't remember at any point being like that score though. You know, yeah, um, yeah, it didn't I did like the beginning, like the darker version of the famous John Williams score, you know, mm -hmm. um, I like that because the tone of this movie does change and it and lets you know right off the bat, like, Hey, things are getting darker. This is going to be a lot less fun. Kiddos buckle up, buckle up. Yeah. Life's short. Shit happens. Buckbeak. Get used to it. Hope you don't like this Robert Pattinson kid. I don't think he's really going anywhere. So don't worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looks really happy when he uses the port key, but don't get used to that smiling yeah. face. Yeah. That might be the last time you ever see. Robert Pattinson smile is that shot. <laughs> yeah. I noticed, did you notice anything about the score? No, it, it didn't seem. Cause I know when we were watching the rings of power, you were like, I think we were four or five episodes in and finally you're like, I got to say, I hate the score. <laughs> Bear McCreary can suck it. And I was like, damn Steve. I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was special. And a lot of people are like, it's so beautiful. I'm like, eh, is it? It's fine. Is it? 
It's doing its work. You're kind of a hater. I am kind of a hater. Please me. Entertain me. You need one of those cookies out there, I think. I do need a cookie. I'm actually going to eat another one if that's okay. I, I, I feel like, you know how like when you don't eat for a while and you start feeling like super woozy and- Oh, yeah. That's me right now. I get that every if, 10 if minutes. If people are watching this and I look like I'm just like, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, you should eat something, buddy. I think that's all the time we have though. It's about that time. Yeah. So thank you to all of you who you support us. What does it mean? Whoa, what does it mean? We're a very powerful wizard. We can tell time. That's true. We're yeah. just like Cedric Diggory. Oh my God. Puffs. So we were a little woozy today. We went off the rails a lot, but I had fun. Hopefully you did. Yeah. You can email the show and you're very much encouraged to do that anytime. It's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at streamthingpod or me personally uh, at movies or therapy. Steve's at Steve May 13. Andy's at Andy most days. I'm on Instagram now. So please follow me on there. I'm trying to figure that whole fucking thing out. I'm at movies are therapy on there as well. And Steve's uh, like underscore Mayboy. Mayberry on Instagram. Yeah. Welcome. S underscore May zero five. Okay. Underscore May zero five. I was saying, welcome to Mayberry. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mayberry. You can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things. Subscribe at a variety of tiers to get a bunch of bonus content and other rewards, uh, access to our patrons only discord, uh, where we have a really thriving, fun community being built there, not by us, but by the other patrons, uh, that are doing a great job. Like, unending awesome work there. I love you all so much. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is streaming. Happy stream. Chris, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? (laughs) Chris, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? It's that time of the episode where we give a special shout out to the brand new patrons that are making sure that streaming things can stay on the air. These are the brand new patrons that have joined our little family this month. In the Marty B VIP section, we have our newcomers, Luke Fiasco, Linda Eklund, Alexis Adler, Marley Silverbrand, Rachel Schmitz, and Nikki. Under the Chocolate Pudding producers, we have Rosie Moranti, Michaela Mills, Erica Summers, Haley Rolfsmeyer, Vaughn, and Chris Verrett. And uh, we also have our Friends Don't Lie producers. Can't forget about our friends. That's Luke Fisher, Jody Woodburn, Christopher Maranakis, and Chelsea Moyer. And last but not least, I just want to give a special shout out to Sandra A for upgrading to the Marty B's VIP section. Thank you guys so much for supporting Streaming Things. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you next week.